Welcome, welcome, welcome to Armchair Expert. I'm Dax Randall Shepard. I'm joined by Monica Lily Padman. Hi there. Hello there. Today we have Daniel William Ricardo. Is that his middle name? I don't know. Okay. Well, first of all, I like that. It has a nice ring to it, it right? Does. Daniel William Ricardo. He's Italian uh-huh. and Australian. Uh-huh. So I imagine it's like Daniel Julio Ricardo. You are close. I'm close? First letter, same. No way. What is it? Joseph. 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 Daniel Joseph. Joseph. Daniel Joseph Rick. <laughs> Ricciardo. Yeah. Ricciardo. Listen, you know who Daniel Ricciardo is. He's our favorite know. fucking driver. We love him. We love him so much. And more than we love his drive, well, not more than we love his drive, but equal to our love is his clothes. We wear his clothes nonstop. Yeah. You're wearing it right now. I'm literally <laughs> in the shirt right now, unironically. His sexy clothes are sold at rick3.com, R-I-C-3.com. Upper class elegance from a lower class bandit. I love it. I do too. I do think I need to put a little asterisk on this, which is we talked to him when he was in America. And so now there's all kinds of media hoopla which i didn't address because the the media hoopla is just a week old regardless it's a beautiful interview with our good friend daniel who of course you'll love even more please enjoy danny rick danny javier ricciardo we are supported by squarespace with squarespace you can do much more than build a website you can also sell custom merch Guys, this is what we do on Squarespace. We have a merch team, and we offer it all on a website beautifully built by Wobby Wob on Squarespace. Simply design your products, and production, inventory, and shipping are all handled for you. With Squarespace, it doesn't matter what you sell, physical goods, digital products, services, they have all the tools you need to start selling online. Just take one of their professional website templates, then customize the look, update the content, and add features to fit your unique needs. You can make any Squarespace template do what you want so you can stand out online on any device. For a free trial, just head to squarespace.com DAX. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code DAX to save 10% on your first purchase of a website or domain. We are supported by HelloFresh. You know, there are days when it's really hard to decide what to eat. You stare blankly into the fridge for what feels like hours with no success. And you end up hangry. Well... I've got a solution. HelloFresh, they deliver fresh ingredients and chef-curated recipes straight to your home. And they even take care of the meal planning. I love it because I always text Callie, what should I eat for dinner? Okay, you ask her a lot. Uh, Yeah, because I get stressed and overwhelmed. And she doesn't know. And so HelloFresh is so great if I have it because then it's all there. I don't have to make any decisions. Well, what did you get into last night? Ooh, last night I had a, you know I love prosciutto. Mm-hmm. I had Who doesn't? A, that was so good. I had a prosciutto wrapped chicken and it had a truffle chive mashed potatoes and Ooh. a lemony broccoli. It was delicious. Oh my goodness. Go to HelloFresh.com slash DAXFree and use the code DAXFree for free breakfast for life. One breakfast item per box while subscription is active. That's free breakfast for life. Available for a limited time at HelloFresh.com slash DAXFree with the code DAXFree. He's an object. He's an object. He's an object. Oh, is this like in case I'm cold? I'm gonna yeah. send you guys some stuff. I can't wait. Of 
the new one. It's nearly done. I was gonna um, wear you today. Mine was all dirty. We uh, love well, it. I genuinely just wear Ooh, it all I really time. like that. What's this? Oh, yeah. This is so cool. Isn't it great? It's a clubhouse. Look at baby Monica. Is that the most beautiful thing you've ever seen? It's an oil painting Rob had commissioned. From a photo of baby Monica. That's amazing. It's actually really good. I know. Isn't it gorgeous? I'm not familiar with these headphones, by the way, but it sounds amazing. Am I like loud or you is this all right? Perfect. You're fucking perfect. You also, look great. you look so great too. We're mirroring each other, which I like. Do you ever notice that, that humans mirror each other? Like if you're at a booth at a restaurant, I start like leaning on my hand, like, yeah, so I went over and got a couple grapes. You'll start doing that and not even know it. Someone pointed it out to me years ago and I started noticing it. So right now we're like, really? Not me. I know, but you're a disruptor. But do you yeah. think it's because, like when I saw you do that, my immediate thing was, oh, maybe that's comfortable, so I want to try it. <laughs> <laughs> Just so for the listener, I leaned my chin on my fist. <laughs> I actually want to try this, but I'm not sure I'm flexible but you're enough. You're in a great attire for it. <laughs> Yeah, if anyone could pull it off right now, it'd be you give it a shot. Let's just crisscross applesauce. I don't want to put my feet on the couch. Oh, please. Oh, worst things have happened on that couch. Way. Trust us. <laughs> oh, wow. What if this ruined your whole career? What if he you snapped his so... hamstring? And... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is great. Mm. Do you like it? It's not shoe friendly, though. I need to take shoes That's off. That's true. My shoes are off. You look really cute. Is it comfortable, though? So this is kind of like when I find my position in bed at night uh -huh. to like sleep. I'm not sure. Sure, because at first it's comfortable, but I'm like, is it going to be comfortable in two minutes? Does it have legs? I'm not sure if it's got legs yet. That's fine. Take all the time you need. Also a pun. You don't know if it has legs yet because oh. your legs are involved. Oh my God. Okay. Ding okay. Wait, I oh. want to talk about my idea. I'm so sorry. Okay. Would you guys buy this? Okay. Yes. <laughs> are you selling it? Yeah. I'd buy all of them out of stock. Okay. <laughs> I want you to be a success. No, I've been thinking about white t-shirts, classic white t-shirts or classic black t-shirts or classic gray t-shirts. Those three only. It's very hard to find one that fits perfectly, right? Mm -hmm. It's like a real struggle. It's real. And I want to create a company where you can take a little quiz online of your measurements and then you get a customized. Oh, fuck yes. Right? I would love that because I have so many t-shirts. I order online. They look really cool. They get there. They're a box. Yeah. And that will look good on someone. That's the thing. Someone shaped like a box. It's going to yeah. look great on. <laughs> yep. But then I think I either got to hire someone to come in and alter this, which sounds so exorbitant. Daniel, your thoughts. <laughs> so it's not competing with yours because you don't have any plain colors. Oh, no, that's right. <laughs> I mean, done, sold. But like, so you would measure your... I think that's too much work for people. I think it would say, are shirts generally this on you? Exactly. You answer some questions, yeah. but you don't have to do full measurements. Okay, that's good. Because I think as soon as people start, oh, I have to measure, they've lost they interest. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm out the door if I think there's going to be measuring. Yeah, no. I like this idea quite a bit. That's cool. Do you need some seed money? Is that why you're... Um, I wouldn't mind. <laughs> Should we get in on the ground floor? So I think that's two yeses. I would march forward. Okay. Daniel, let's catch people up on our friendship. So much has changed. Yeah, so from the first interview... I want to say it's a love triangle at this stage. Oh, yeah. absolutely. I mean, our three-way friendship here. And we'll include Miss Bell. There's a four-way. Yeah. Yeah, and then it's we include square. Blakey. That's five. And I don't know if we include publicly someone else, but that's a six. A circle jerk. Yeah. It's a, <laughs> it's a game of Oreo now. But we interviewed you, and then you and I swapped numbers. And I just want to walk through the timeline. So step one was, because I had to chart it out today... I'm sure it's fresh in your memory too. Christmas time 2020, mm -hmm. height of the global pandemic. 
At great risk, we had a dinner. We did. There was certainly some COVID tests that took place prior to the dinner. Sure. Uh-huh. Safety first. Always. Safety third. <laughs> <laughs> Safety is always third for me. Is that a baseball reference? No. On sets, the stunt community will say, like, don't forget safety third as a joke. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like It's that. like, who That's gives cute. a fuck? Let's go for it. That could be your next shirt, by I like the way. That. Yeah. Safety third. Oh, my God. So many ideas. <laughs> if the blank T's start <laughs> oh. getting a little bit of, wait, why don't we call the blank T safety, safety third? third? That's the name of the brand. Three is my favorite <gasps> number. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, my God. The synchronicity right now. Actually, it won't ever get more successful than this moment. Let's chalk it off as it was a success. Okay, but I haven't made any money yet on it, so. You can keep the seed money we gave you. (laughs) Okay, great. Okay, so. You and Blakey came over, and we had a really, really fun dinner. Behind-the-scenes stuff that one might not think about you, but I want to brag for you. The most thoughtful guy in the world. You came over with presents. You came over with food. Not just presents. Diptyque candles. Very, very classy. Very good present and some merch and the way you addressed Kristen like you said this is the matriarch and you really put on a great (laughs) show for mom and she literally was just like Daniel's manners are just they're world-class which begs the question where did you acquire these manners well I definitely owe that to mama and papa the way they brought us up there was a lot of I would say like the right level of discipline and respect and understanding but then I don't see myself as self-conscious, but I'm sure there's an element of me that is self-conscious because I want to be nice also that that person is like, oh, that was a nice person. I guess I'm self-conscious not to come across as a dick to someone. Okay, so great. Were you that way pre-famous or once you became famous, you're like, I got to go extra far to make sure people don't think I'm arrogant and full of myself. Honestly, think I've always been like that. Okay, but you've always kind of been famous, haven't you? (laughs) No, I'm being sincere. (laughs) No, no, not at all. Well, you've been in a world where people are staring at you you all the time i'm gonna go further than that i had this great run sixth seventh and eighth grade i was virtually the brad pitt of my junior high school i was so popular and it felt so good and it was kind of like being famous and then i had some dark period right like a good 20 years of darkness no attention but then when it came back i thought this kind of feels familiar feels like my apex in junior high school so what i'm saying is i think you really already had that smile and shit in high school and you probably already had some flair that's hard to admit, but that's my guess for you. I don't know how to answer it. Like, I know, it's impossible. Were you popular? I wasn't, I wouldn't say like I was in the middle. I had like enough confidence. I enjoyed the circle of friends I had at school and we were confident enough not to get our underwear pulled over our face. <laughs> sure, put in lockers. Sure. But no, like I wasn't the cool kid or the coolest kid. I felt I was cool in my own ways, but whatever, everyone did. But I always had the smile and this like bubbly kind of happiness or energy. And confidence. Charisma. I think the confidence definitely grew over time. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's through just now being like a worldly individual, you know, traveling and living away from home and kind of having to earn your confidence and be in rooms with, it's probably not the right word, but like bigger people. Yeah. I just grew up a little quicker and through that, I guess, got more confidence in myself. Well, there's also an element to F1, which is like, certainly you're finding yourselves in rooms with like famous people, which is one dynamic, but then also many, many titans of industry. So there's like tons of CEOs you have to meet and greet, right? There's owners of huge multinational companies that sponsor things. Influential people. I don't think necessarily most artists have to find themselves chatting with the president of Oracle or something. And they're excited to see you. That's what's twisted. 
well, I've never been asked about it where I've needed to think about it yeah. like this, but you're right. Well, I think what happens is like the first couple of times they bring you into a room, you're on a team now and they go, this is Joe Schmo. He's a quadrillionaire. Talk to him. And it goes well. You're like, okay. Initially you're like, oh, I got no business talking to this guy. And then you leave and you go, well, fuck that guy liked me. Right. So the next time you walk into a room, you're like, it went okay last time. And so just over time now, I'm sure they would usher in like Elon Musk and you'd be like, oh shit, that's Elon Musk. But I bet I can pull this off. That's like just confidence that would build over time. Exactly. As you say, it builds. And I think one thing I have always been conscious of, and especially now that I'm at a point where, yes, I am very confident walking into a room, is that I don't want that confidence to come across as an arrogance. And if there's a room of six people, but there's only like one celebrity or there's like the one CEO in the room, I still want to give awareness and time yet yeah, to everyone. Because I've seen it before where people will maybe race towards me and I've got three people standing next to me and they're like literally invisible to them. And yeah. I'm like, fuck, I just feel really awkward right now and it's rude. Yeah. So I am conscious to give people the attention and time. Well, that's another thing that I've observed now multiple times where I was really, really impressed. We talked about it when you're not around. It even happened. We were in England. I'm going to fast forward to date number 20. We had just interviewed Ed Sheeran. I said, we're going to have lunch with him. Do you want to come? You came. I was trying to tell you a story immediately when you walked in. You're like, mate, get the fuck out of my way. And you walk directly to Monica and you're like, I brought this for you. You prioritize Monica over everyone. And I was like, that's so classy. I like that so much. And Monica was like, that was so nice. He's so nice. Yeah. So I observed it in real time. I've also observed it on other occasions where you do that. And it's really beautiful. It's nice because you have a character you play when you're interviewed. You are on Drive to Survive and it's cocky. So I'm just here to tell people that the off camera Daniel is actually like the sweetest dude in the world. Do you think he comes off cocky on that? No, it's his routine. He'll wow. brag about how good looking he is. Right. And I'll, I'll say stupid shit. I'm being cocky, but not coming from a cocky place, if that yeah. makes sense. Like, it's fake cocky. It feels self-deprecating or something. Yes. It's inevitable at some point during this conversation, I'm going to say I'm ridiculously good looking. You are. But do it's I true. truly mean it? No, I enjoy being like an idiot, I guess. I have a breakdown of this. So here's what I think happened. And you can tell me how off base I am. So you grew up and you're like, man, this nose. I don't know about this nose. I don't know if I can pull this nose off. And then when you start getting an interview, you're like, all they're looking at is this nose. So I'm going to make a joke. I'm so hot. I'm the best thing ever. And then lo and behold, people thought that. And now you're like, oh, crap, I'm kind of stuck in this thing. I was trying to be self-deprecating and people think I'm hot as hell, which they do. And people love the nose. Oh, my God. That's another Real connection. Stuff. But Monica we and I hate our prominent noses. noses. Yeah. Distinguished noses. But when you first said on Drive to Survive, I'm fucking beautiful. I think, do you think, oh, they'll be in on this joke. They'll realize I'm making a joke. But then lo and behold, everyone does think you're beautiful. And you're like, oh, shit, it's not a joke to them. <laughs> oh, I'm well aware that, yeah, not everyone will get it. Because <laughs> you are. You're fucking gorgeous. Yeah. But I don't think you thought you were gorgeous when you made that joke. That's my point. Gorgeous is a big word. <laughs> it's a great word. I'll say I don't think I'm ugly. Right. Between uh, zero and a 10, what do you think you are? 10.5. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. That's right. That's, That's the right. right answer. So that is the right answer. Brad Pitt can't say 10.5. He can't make that joke. He can't make that joke. Yeah, I you gotcha. Know? You see what I'm That's saying? That's true. Oh, I see. You that makes a lot of you sense. You can only be so good looking and make that joke and it yeah. to be likable. But then the joke was on you because most people do think you're as attractive as Brad Pitt. That's where I'm going with it. I yeah. fucked up. Because the personality <laughs> is so dynamic and the smile. Normally, let's see, we break this down. We would like give you an eye score. We give you a skin tone score. We give you a <laughs> smile score. And on the smile score, it'd only be worth 10 points. But somehow your smile 15 points and Whatever. eyes too you love Danny's oh, eyes oh they're so beautiful Brian, you guys have matching eyes as yeah, I've told you yeah he says you. we have matching eyes I think that was one of the first things you mentioned before I'd met Monica 
You said we have like the same eyes. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Trusted. Of course that was the intro in. Trusted too. And great eye contact as Monica gives. I wish everyone could experience it in the audio version. Just because we talked about Brad Pitt. I'm going to pivot us, okay? Okay. On my walk here, I had a thought and I want to share it. Well, it's actually a question. Do you think it's unethical for Kate Blanchett to have sex with Benjamin Button when he's a baby. Because actually he's old, but he looks like a baby. I'll let Daniel go first. What do you think? I've got an answer. I have an answer too. I think my answer is going to make you both laugh. You can probably predict what it is. I've never seen the curious case of Benjamin oh, Button. Oh, <sighs> I thought you liked Brad Pitt. I mean, I do, but it's one that got away from me. It's life in reverse, right? So he's exactly. born an old man, and yeah. then as he dies, he's a little tiny baby. Yeah. I gotcha. So... Yeah. His body is a fully grown man, but he's like five years old. Is that what you're saying? He's like Google exactly. Gaga. So actually, yeah, mm. the ethics on both sides. But I'm saying, is it unethical for him when he's 80 years old That's right. chronologically, yet visually he's, he's three years old? Is she ethically fine having sex with that? With a baby. That baby. Oh, no. <laughs> Oh, I'm a yes. I'm a yes, too. Yeah, I'm a really? big time yes. He can actually consent He's mentally, mentally 80. He's still horny and he loves her. Oh, but wait, are we talking about him or her here? Like, is she attracted her. to- We're saying, is it ethically responsible of her to fuck the baby, but knowing the baby's 80 years old? In his head. I know, right? That's it's tough for me. That's tough for you? It's too early in the day for this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's, it's tough imagining a grown woman having sex with a baby. Like, that is bad. It's a disturbing visual. Exactly. Now, it would be unethical for us to watch, for sure. Well, what if they wanted to do a sex tape and they put it out? I'd watch it. But the point is, it would come at some price to my moral <laughs> spreadsheet. <laughs> it would be a loss. When you said you were going to segue into Brad Pitt, I did not expect <laughs> this to go down there. You know what you forget sometimes when you're talking to Danny is like, he's a sponsored individual. I like know. you and I, we have no risk. Like we could lose a toilet paper company ad, you know, that would right. suck, but we'd go on. I sometimes have to remember, like you speak for quite a few industries. Do you feel confined by the fact that you couldn't maybe say exactly what you wanted? Because at the end of the day, you do represent a team, you represent sponsors, all these things. I think I've got used to it, obviously being in the sport now for so long that what I am or what I'm saying, I guess at least feels natural to me. Like, so sitting here now, I feel like I'm being me, yeah. Daniel, not me, the driver. You're authentically you all the time. That's one of the appeals of you. But there seems to be in the sport, they're always trying to get you guys to talk shit about one another or about your team or about another team. And you guys are really fucking good at not doing it. And so I'm wondering, is there like an unwritten code? How does that work? When you start getting into it, obviously that you have like the PR team or the press team and they'll guide you on, okay, potentially you might get asked this, this or this. So they'll teach you how to deflect a question or answer a question without answering a question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel me eight years ago probably would have said more. I think I'm at a point now where I, competitively, I guess, I'm a little more mature or respectful. So it's not like I have an amazing relationship with every driver, but I'm at a point now where I'll probably just not say it rather than be like, oh yeah, that guy sucks for that reason. Like I just, he does him and I'll do me. Okay. Drive to survive. And I love all the people I'm about to talk about. Just know that. But the fact that Toto Wolf never talks about Christian Horner and all Christian Horner talks about is Toto Wolf is the gangster move for Toto. Yeah. Even when like Christian has said something shitty about Toto and they'll repeat it to Toto and he's just like, eh, whatever. That's what the yeah. fucking champ says. The champ doesn't give a fuck who's talking about him. I know what you mean. There's two different ways to attack something, if you will. There was one, I'll just say a driver. 
because I don't want to say the name and I'm wrong, but in the past, there were two teammates who were fighting for the championship and one of them would never acknowledge the other. So a little bit like you're mentioning maybe with the Toto thing is like, you've never mentioned his teammate's name in interviews, press, like he might say, oh yeah, he did a good race, like never mention him by his name. And I think maybe then the other driver retired and said like, yeah, it used to bug me. You know, he would never acknowledge like my existence. Yeah. But it was his way of just it messing with him. It was a power play. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. It's kind of gangster. Yeah. It probably messed with him more. Yeah. Yeah. Because being invisible is the worst thing that can happen to anyone. Mm -hmm. Especially if you're doing good at something, right? Yes. Right. Not acknowledged. Yeah. It kind of just says like, oh, that person's not even worth me commenting on because they're not even in my view. Like who cares? I mean, it's definitely one way to, I guess, try to get under someone's skin. Now it's just a viewer and a consumer of the sport i love it when people talk shit it's just more amusing and that's one of the reasons i love max it's just like you know who knows what's going to come out it's thrilling there's a danger to it as you say like if i am being a character uh-huh maybe like if you strip me down to the absolute core i would also love to talk a bit more shit yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> you of sure course. sure i love like the mind games and the fun and i love like watching other sports and if there's a little bit of chirping going on and that, I just... The way Jordan would like start wars just to... It's cool. <laughs> yeah. All sports ultimately are entertainment. I can only imagine the Max Lewis thing last year was just great for the sport at the end of the day. If nothing else, having that kind of feud and it being heated, it's great. That's also part of competition. Like you want to feel something like that. And you don't have to make it all personal, but if you do have a rivalry, it's tough because then you get older and you also try to separate your ego. I think it's also careful to make sure that you're coming from a place of like, call it determination and desire as opposed to a place from ego. Promise me this, in your last year, whatever year that is, we go ape shit. We hear everything you say. Cause it's your last year. <laughs> Can we make that commitment now that on the last year we, we hear- talk so much shit. We hear it all. You give your commentary on every performance of all 20 drivers. I feel like listeners are gonna be like, hey, he's really holding a lot in, so. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, again, within the bandwidth, if we call it, I feel I'm definitely as authentic or as genuine as I can be. And I'll try to speak my mind on things if I feel. But in the past, at least, there's been some robotic characters yeah, who yeah. just mm -hmm. toe the line and that's it. So, yeah, I don't think I would have too much more to say. But if it makes you feel good, I'll be like, yeah, all right. <laughs> it's just for the entertainment's sake. You maybe don't even feel the way you're that's saying. That's what I was about to yeah. say. It also just is your personality, as you said at the beginning. Like, you're just nice as a person. So you're not like, ah, oh, there's so much I want to say and I can't say it. Like, you already are like, eh, over it as a human. So that goes into radio chatter. I'm curious, like, first of all, you also have really, really nice etiquette on the radio, which is sometimes you get some shit news and I'm like, oh boy. Oh, I know. How's he going to respond to this? There has to be a voice in your head. It's like, everyone might hear this and response. tell people about the radio because it sounds like you're talking about okay. a radio interview. Well, Daniel, you tell us about the radio instead of me. <laughs> all right. Teach so, us about the radio. <laughs> in F1, we have earpieces with radios inside that's the right word and communication basically from our engineer to us so we're constantly in communication through the race through a practice session qualifying so qualifying for example when we cross the line to complete our lap we don't know at the time like mm. okay am i fifth am i tenth so he'll then come on the radio and say all right mate sorry you're p16 p16 yeah well really quick 
How often does it match what you think? It's pretty accurate. I definitely know if I've done a shit lap. Yeah. But I also know when I've done like a really good lap and I'm like, okay, that's going to be top five. So you're not shocked often when you hear not the results? Not shocked often, but you can still be. The shocking part probably can be like someone else all of a sudden is hot that day. Yeah. And they slid mm. you down. But yeah. Okay. Yes, yeah, so you can get a surprise from someone else, I guess. So say like the moment I would receive, call it bad news. Which just quickly, generally, so people know like in F1, it's 10 teams teams and each team has two cars so you have a teammate in quotes because most teammates are their only competitors actually but sometimes your pace is slower than your teammates they're behind you and you'll get a call that basically says let your teammate buy which is you're going to be giving up a spot which no human who entered racing ever wants to do in their life yeah that's typically the bad news right yeah but even like a bad qualifying i don't know how i'm gonna react the moment i get the bad news i can either like flip or I just bottle mm. it up and I'm just like, okay. Like sometimes I won't even say anything because I know it's best not to like spray on the radio and let out some immature anger. You're a bottler if I had You're heard. so mature. Yeah. I mean, I've definitely had some rants in the past and I think I learned as well. Like I remember specifically it was Korea in 2013 and I'd had a few failures that season. So like I pulled off the track and I got on the radio and I was just blasting the team. Oh boy, yeah. I was like 23 or something, I was quite young. And I just basically shat on everyone. And it was a moment of like rage and frustration. And of course, not everyone I shat on deserved it. Yeah. And I could tell there was a bit of a weird feeling that night because everyone's upset. Like no one wants us to fail. Everyone's yeah. trying like working their butt off. So I think I also like made mistakes over time. And then that made me be a little more level headed. Yeah. You feel like shit afterwards. Yeah, because we're all in it together, ultimately. Like, you're in the same team, you're in it together. So it was a selfish way of looking at it where it's, like, all about me. Although I am the driver, I am controlling the vehicle, it's a team sport. And for people that don't know, there's literally seven, 800 people per team. Or Mercedes has, like, 1,500 employees or 2,000 or something bonkers. But your ego is so healthy. (laughs) Because most people in sports, like, I think about basketball players, right? And, like, something goes wrong and they explode. And it's like, yeah, like everyone's understanding mm-hmm. that that's going to happen when your adrenaline is at a hundred and it is your all smiles eyes on at you. A 15. Sure. Yeah. But you expect anyone who's been in a sport. Let's talk about that after okay, this. Okay, yeah. we'll come back around. You understand what it feels like to have put everything in and then when something goes wrong to, of course, have a big reaction. That's kind yeah, of a yeah. byproduct of caring. Yeah, exactly. I think it happens in a lot of industries or pursuits. So it happens in acting all the time. You'll do the very best thing or you'll have improv this line and everything was perfect. And then they yell cut and they're like, oh, something's wrong with the camera. And you're like, ah, oh, fuck, I did my best thing and it wasn't captured. And it's just a heartbreaking moment. And then of course, how you navigate out of that, how you deal with that. Again, similarly for me, it's gotten easier and easier. Like no camera operator wants to not hit record on the day, but man, it takes a minute. When you finally shined, and then the other elements weren't in order. It's rough. It is. And there's no denying it. Like a lot's gone into it and you've sacrificed a lot. And when something happens out of your control, it's going to eat you up. And unfortunately with this sport, and as you say, with other industries, it happens sometimes a little too often. Yeah. At some point you do just want to snap and let it out. One thing which some people are probably still to this day surprised about is my ability 
to get angry. Because I am the smiley, nice, happy guy, they struggle to like think that I have the ability to be a competitor and to have that kind of hunger. We called it last time, going silverback. I want to keep that phrase. I liked it. Last time we interviewed you, you were saying basically, you got to be silverback for a minute and a half. Oh, yes. The yeah. start of the race. Yes. Yeah, yeah, like that's that right. first lap, you have to go, I don't really care if I die in the next minute and a half. And then you can get a bit more tactical. Safety and, third. Safety third. I love you that. transition <laughs> lap two, safety second, and then by lap fifteen, you got to be safety first. Yeah, <laughs> you can't get to where you're at without being a yeah, fucking exactly. a maniac. Yeah, yeah. Okay, back to the timeline. So there was a dinner. Oh yeah, it was a major success. Kristen fell in love with you. She mostly fell in love with Blake, your best friend. Where is Blake, by the way? So speaking of best friend, he's in New York with his best friend at the moment. Whoa. So he has two best friends. Yeah, uh, I got yeah. a few too. Rude. Yeah, and actually, he told me that you were one of his best friends. Oh, actually, then it's great. Yeah. Then I feel good about it. Again. And I think Kristen has him somehow in her phone as Blake's best friend, or something, just to threaten you as well. Because his last name is Friend. Yes, his last name is Friend, which is so great. All right, we're going to get into Blake in a second. So at this dinner, which was a huge success, you said, could we ride 110s somewhere? And I said, well, not only can we ride 110s, I have a buddy, Clay Collin. He's got this awesome piece of property, motocross tracks, the whole thing. And he's got about 100 110s in his pole barn. 110s are like small dirt bikes Thank for you. anyone Thanks for saying wondering. That, yeah. They're like for children. They're basically kids' bikes. Adults ride them too. Well, okay. at least I do. Yeah. <laughs> They're fun because people underestimate them. They're like, oh, I'm on a little motorcycle. I've seen more people get fucked up on the little motorcycle <laughs> yeah. than any big motorcycle. Overconfident. Absolutely. <laughs> Driving at 190%. So it came up that this might be able to happen before you went to start officially at McLaren your first year. You had to go to England and start testing. So we set up this thing. We go out, you, Blake, my best friend, Aaron Weekly, and we all get on 110s and we're riding... And I have this slight little thought in my head, because you're competitive. That's who you are, right? So there's a hill climb. Who can do the hill climb? Oh, okay. Now you and I are doing the hill climb. You're probably not competing with me, but I'm competing with you because I'm so Everyone's old. competing with Danny. I was trying to be nice, but I was definitely competing with yes! you. Yes! Well, let's just start at the top. Clay's a fucking beast. There's like five or six guys out there that are hardcore motocross stars. A hundred times better than us. Than us. So yeah. it's like, first we start, like, we're just hoping we can do what they can do. And then maybe once that smoke settled, I'm just making sure I can do everything you can do. There's no way I'm leaving there 15 years older than you. And I didn't do everything you did, right? But there's an added element, which is fun. You have Blake under your care and I have Aaron under my care. Okay, and Aaron hasn't done race to 270 yet. Aaron is like 310 at this moment on a 110 motorcycle. Ah, yes, yeah, so he is handicapped big time. The power to weight ratio is not in his favor. Oh boy. Okay, so you're kind of looking after Blake. And Blake's like, I don't want to do this. <laughs> Blake's the best. He'll do anything, but it's not that he wanted to. Yeah. You're not in his life. He's never finding himself on a dirt bike. Really? Peer pressure is his absolute weakness. Oh my God, he's the opposite of me. But I love him for it because he tries everything, yeah. but he <laughs> crashes but he hates most it. things. <laughs> no, nah, I'm not giving you enough credit. He's pretty no, good. He did a great job. But again, you were kind of watching out for Blake and I'm kind of watching out for Aaron. So- you're bailing Blake out every now and then. Because then we start trail riding. We're going through rivers and up these really steep trails. And I'm off the motorcycle like every five minutes. I don't think Aaron will mind me saying this. And I'm like lifting his bike up with him. And, you know, it's a whole thing. We get to this point, which is the ultimate hill climb of the whole day. And I basically go, if I go up this, Aaron's coming. His pride will never let me go up that and him not try it. I remember I was very worried for him going up. <laughs> like... 
This was legit. Like, I was worried for us. Yeah. Yes, 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 so, yes, yes, not to be rude, yeah. but no. let, let no, alone no, Aaron and Blake, I was like, fuck these guys. Yeah. <laughs> They're in deep. So That's I made, scary. I could have only made this decision at 45 or 46 because four years earlier, I just would have had to to show you. But I've been up that hill before. So I'm like, if I go up, Aaron's going up. My whole day is going to be trying to get Aaron off that hill. I'm going to stay down here and watch. <gasps> I'm proud of you for that. And Thank you. surprised <laughs> and proud. Thank you so much. So I remember at the time thinking, I was like, I'm a dick because I've gone up. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I don't care about everyone. That's when I felt like the kind of arrogant competitor no, came out in me. It. I was like, ah. Oh. No, it's because DeCastro and Clay had gone up. You just had to. I can't help myself. Exactly. <laughs> There's so much going on. People don't even notice it. You still get like 10 guys riding motorcycles in the amount of ego negotiation that's going on. And I can't put too fine of a point on. This is like a thousand foot straight up oh. shitty underpowered motorcycle. You got to go all in. With like rogue rocks as well. Uh. Huge rocks. It's a mess. I stay at the bottom with Aaron. And I had a slight concern. I knew that you were flying to start testing like in a day. And I was like, huh, am I potentially fucking up this dude's whole life? I have to look out for him. He's 30. I know what I was like when I was 30. I got to be an older brother here. Now I've got him in this situation. There's great riders out here. Of course, he's going to the top. So you, Steve, and was it Blake up there with you? Blake followed. Yeah. He did? Yeah. <laughs> I've got a very good visual memory. Every sentence you say, I'm like reliving it all. Oh so I remember God. watching Blake come up. I've got like the image of me staring at his front tire coming up. And I was laughing, not because he was nearly at the top. I was like, this is the easy part. I feel you need a bit more technique going oh. down, especially when it's steep and technical. And I was like, he's done. <laughs> this is Blake's last be day. Because in his head, he's like, oh, getting up's probably the hard part. Right. So he's like celebrating uh, uh, kind of thing. I'm like, oh, fuck. This is making me so anxious. Oh, it gets worse. Again, just to remind people who Steve DeCastro is, he's my stunt coordinator on chips, on hit and run. He's a maniac. He's a stunt man. And of course, now he's probably trying to impress you. You're trying to, there's a big oh, cycle of impressing going on. And so you guys are at the peak of this hill. And instead of going down the path, Steve's like, we're going to traverse the side of this motherfucker. And now when I start seeing people come down, now I'm like, there's a $150 million team. Yeah. <laughs> like I've compared it to watching people move a Picasso down the side of a mountain. <laughs> like all you're representing to me at this moment is the amount of money McLaren is spending on this season. And I'm watching <laughs> it come down a craggly boulders brush loose sand people start cartwheeling like no people are falling <laughs> blake's all assholes and elbows uh, i'm like blake's dead that's a loss oh he's getting God. airlifted out of here is ricardo gonna make it <sighs> and how responsible am i when this news cycle breaks <laughs> so what people don't know is i'm actually really good on a bike <laughs> But I mean, yeah, it's cool. <laughs> McLaren, if you are listening to this, Dax is exaggerating. We're totally fine. Please let me ride again because I love it too much. But Blake was okay. So he fell once coming down because then it went, what do you call it? A ravine. It's a dip. A, yeah. yeah, like a very steep dip. So that was the next challenge. <laughs> It's like a video game kind of, right? I literally remember Blake's voice. It was literally trembling. Oh. But there was so much fear in his voice as if like he was tapping out. Like it was like, I'm done. Like I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in too deep. Stay tuned for more Armchair Expert, if you dare. We are supported by Squarespace. With Squarespace, you can do much more than build a website. You can also sell 
custom merch. Guys, this is what we do on Squarespace. We have a merch team and we offer it all on a website beautifully built by WobbyWob on Squarespace. Simply design your products and production, inventory, and shipping are all handled for you. With Squarespace, it doesn't matter what you sell, physical goods, digital products, services, they have all the tools you need to start selling online. Just take one of their professional website templates, then customize the look, update the content, and add features to fit your unique needs. You can make any Squarespace template do what you want so you can stand out online on any device. For a free trial, just head to squarespace.com DAX. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code DAX to save 10% on your first purchase of a website or domain. Who wants to fuss with inserting a card into a reader? Or worse, into a skimmer where your card information can be stolen? I wouldn't be here without Apple Pay. You wouldn't. No, none of the things I'm wearing. You'd be here, but we'd have a lawsuit against you. Perhaps. I just, I I use it 14 times a day. And if it's not an option on what I'm buying, I often don't buy it. Exact same. I'll fill a cart. I see they don't have Apple Pay. I'm out of there. I know. And remember how last year on Halloween I was going to go as Apple Pay? Yes, I do remember. I had to scrap it last minute because I didn't plan ahead, but I still think it's a great costume. Yeah, earmark it for a later. I will. Instead, pay the Apple way. Apple Pay is easy, secure, and built into iPhone. All you have to do is set it up. Just add a card in the wallet app and you're good to go. We are supported by ZipRecruiter. Mmm, ZipRecruiter. With St. Patty's Day around the corner, here's a random fun fact. The chances of finding a four-leaf clover are 1 in (gasps) 10,000. Yeah, very limited edition. You'd have to be pretty lucky to find one. Almost as lucky as Kristen finding a parking spot. Mm. There's always one right at the front somehow. Fortunately, if you're hiring, you don't need luck to find top talent. You just need ZipRecruiter. And you can try it free right now at ZipRecruiter.com DAX. No rainbows or gimmicks. ZipRecruiter leads you to a pot of gold, a.k.a. top talent every time. ZipRecruiter's powerful matching technology starts showing you quality candidates immediately. You can also invite your top choices to apply to encourage them to apply sooner. If you're even just a bit curious about how ZipRecruiter can help you, today's your lucky day. You can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com DAX. Four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Once again, try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com DAX. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Tap the banner to learn more. Oh my God. Okay, so this is sort of like another date of ours. We went tubing. Okay. What a day. What a day. Okay. Oh, so beautiful. So let's just fast forward. I don't think Danny even knows, but okay. things got hairy for me at one point. Yeah. We'll talk about it. Okay, great. That's earmarked. So we come down the hill. Everyone makes it alive. That's the important thing, right? We'd agree. Yeah. Everyone everyone's was safe. Oh, no yeah. Everyone was sweet. Aaron was sore as a motherfucker. If I had to give like Trooper of the Day award to anyone, what Aaron did is actually more impressive than what Danny did. 100%. <laughs> because he was twice Danny at that moment. Yeah. And on the same powered motorcycle. Was he grateful that you guys didn't go up? So you said something really nice to me because the day was over. We all made it back to the trucks. We're loading up. And you pulled me aside and you said, you're a better friend than I am. I remember. I remember. Yeah. And I was like, you know, at 45, that's like the best compliment I could ever get. That's so nice. He's like, you're a really good friend. 100% true. Because the hill, for example, I remember I selfishly was like, well, I want to do this. (laughs) Yeah. And I was like, if 
Blake's going to do it, then he'll figure it out kind of right. thing. But I was in that moment, like way more selfish than Dax. Dax was all about helping Aaron. Well, I really wanted to impress you. I am it impressed and surprised. Choice. It was Sophie's choice. It hurt me not to go up that hill. There was other moments where he'd got bogged or whatever and you went to help him. And I was like, oh, do you need a hand? But I was kind, kind of. of hoping, you know, when it's like, you kind of know the person's like, oh, I'll be fine. I'm like, yes, that's the answer I was looking for. But also you're there to do these things. You're there to have fun. You came to conquer. We all came to conquer. Also, Blake could have been like, yeah, maybe not for me. Well, it's not your yourself. fault. That's what I tell myself. I would go like, well, it's on him. I didn't ask anyone to follow could me. Could you have just told Aaron, like, I'm going to do this, but can you not? I wanted to give him the out of like, wow, Dax isn't even going to do it. Yes, I don't feel bad really that I'm not nice. doing it. Yeah. You kind of just made me realize something, Monica, when you said that, like I was there to ride. I think that's where the less good a friend came out in me or the like the selfish version of me because I love bikes. Yeah. And I do it maybe twice a year just because of my schedule. And so when I do get the opportunity, yeah. 100%, I want to like use every minute of that day to enjoy the ride. I'll tell you now, the next time I rode was August. So that was in January. Okay. So- you go off and then your season virtually starts. So then we don't see each other again until England. Kristen's shooting there. I come with the kids. Oh, it's when we interviewed Ed Sharon and we hung out. Blake and I had breakfast with Kristen. Yes. You have your own relationship now with Kristen. Let's give her a shout yeah. out. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's part of this. Yeah. I'm this has happened to me twice, by the way, <laughs> which is I got interviewed by Howard Stern. We got along. I got to hang out with him. He invited us to his house in Long Island. She meets him. Of course, they fall deeply in love. She loves him. We have a second trip planned and I can't because my dad's sick with cancer. And I go, honey, we can't go. I got to be in Michigan that weekend. And she goes, okay. I'm still going to go. <laughs> so she had a no second way. trip to his house for a week without me. God bless her. And this happened again with you. So now you're basically her friend. And I'm just like, sometimes I'm in the mix. <laughs> it also happened with Aquafina. Yes. We interviewed Aquafina. It seemed like we might all have a friendship. And then next thing we know, she's hanging out with Kristen watching Squid Games. Oof. Oh, it's Squid Game. It's not plural. <gasps> Oh. Thank you. Oh my God, I did a plural squid game. Real time fact check. Okay, so London. Yes, London, we hold hands. Great. One of my favorite Instagram photos of my career on Instagram. Just beautiful, right? That blew up. Yeah. <laughs> That's a feather in my cap. I think it's more flattering for me to be holding your hand in a photo at this late stage of my life than vice versa. Because you're kind of with an older dude. Yeah. Yeah. You're like a sugar daddy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no one thinks you're in it for the love. Of course, I'm like smitten and in love. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm stupid. I've ignored the fact that it's because I'm a sugar daddy. <laughs> yeah. Now, the coolest thing that happened to me is you invited me to McLaren, which was insane. When I pulled up, I was like, this is the Hall of Justice, like the Justice League or the Avengers. It's like in an mm. Avengers compound. There's a lake and there's a silo for the water to cool the fucking fans of the air tunnel. And they're making the race cars there and they're making the road cars there. And then the boulevard, is that what it's called? The boulevard? Yeah. And it's like all these cars driven by all these famous drivers. Some of them are so dangerous looking. There were these early cars where the fucking wing was right at neck level, like the front wing to keep the front end down was a piece of sheet metal at your neck level a guillotine oh i mean they weren't that much slower than the cars today like in terms wow. of like straight line speed like they were fast it's not like they were only going 100 miles an no, hour they're going 200 miles an hour in those things oh my it was God. ridiculous and they can't absorb any energy the whole thing is just built of chrome molly if you fucking hit something the car's stopping in one second and nothing's giving but your body brutal Oof. gnarly but you're right, the facility's insane. And even for me that's been in it and it's been my life to be around 
race shops and all that. I walked in there the first day and I was like, wow, like this is phenomenal. Yeah. There's probably not a team in operation currently other than Ferrari. But if you go to Ferrari, it's probably a similar thing with the history and what's on display. But other than Ferrari, I mean, McLaren's the longest in the game and yeah. still thriving. Yeah. It's incredible. Okay. Now here's where I want to give you more applause. I got to go in and watch you in the simulation, which is really cool. And then you handed me the steering wheel. I've never had the illusion I could have driven F1. I couldn't do it. But it was compounded by seeing the steering wheel. I got so much anxiety the second I held the steering wheel because I wasn't great at playing video games once it went past Nintendo. Two buttons in an up and down left, right, I can handle it. When it went to like seven buttons, I was out. Never played video games again. Your steering wheel has about 600 things on it. Tell me some of the things on it because I don't think I remember all of them. For me, the craziest thing about it is I'm... I mean, maybe like every male in the world, terrible at multitasking. Right. Like, <laughs> if I'm on my phone and you're telling me something, you could say, oh, this place is on fire right now. I'm going to stay sitting here and finishing my text. <laughs> yeah. But I guess it's because it's in my element when I'm in the race car and I'm driving at the speeds and get information from the engineer and do the steering wheel. It's like totally okay. Like I can do it. But wow. I think it's because it's, yeah, my passion. And in that moment, 100% of my attention and energy is on that one thing. Mm -hmm. So I'm able to make those decisions and do that multitasking. Well, we've had a couple experts on explain how your subconscious takes over menial tasks, right? So once you learn a task, like riding a bicycle, at first you're thinking about it quite a bit to make everything work. And then it just gets filed into your subconscious and then it just operates your body. And you're not aware of it. You're not aware of riding a bike when you're riding a bike. You're not aware of driving a car down the road and adjusting to all the different things that are happening. Is it gotten to that level where it's like when you're driving and all those buttons, like you're just performing the thing without actually having to think about it? Yeah. So some of the stuff on the steering wheel is things that we will, as a driver, want to adjust to change the balance or the feeling of the car. So a differential switch, which I'm not going to go into explain what that does, but like it can just change the way the car turns, uh -huh. the braking, all this sort of stuff. So we can think on the fly and be like, okay, that's what I need for this corner. But the engineer will then say, okay, we need a fuel setting change. So he'll say, oh, fuel three, position two. That sort of stuff, like if I'm just hearing the communication, it's like bang, 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 done. Yeah. So that stuff we can do without really even thinking about it. We're constantly problem solving because the car is always changing. The tires are getting older, the track conditions, your fuel's coming down. So there's always a moving target and you're trying to stay as close to it as possible by adjusting things, changing your driving. People are like, oh, like, do you change things like every five laps? Like, no, no, you will change things sometimes every third corner of every lap. So it's nuts. That's what I walked away going. I had no fucking clue that on a standard lap, you might use three different differential settings. Yeah. So there's brake balance, yeah. which is... How much is in the front and how much is in the back. Exactly. So you'll change it for maybe like a really tight hairpin. You might want a little bit more to the front, for example, if like the rear's on the edge of locking. But then for another corner, you might want a bit more rearwards. So, okay, so you got brake balance, but then you've also got brake shape. Oh my God. It then goes like maybe when you hit the pedal, you've got certain amount at the front but then as you bleed off the brake it starts shifting to the rear oh my god it's so wow. mathematical i just do it and i guess i know what it does but i can't even explain it because it is very full-on and technical i left there thinking i knew i couldn't do it but times 10 i couldn't do that there's like a techness to yeah. it that i wouldn't have no guessed. one knows that when they're watching drive to survive they just think like it's just driving fast hit the skinny pedal and yeah, fucking go exactly like no one knows about that i didn't know
Yeah, having Drive to Survive has been cool because it's shown a little more about the sport and I think it's shown that it is a sport as opposed to just, oh, these guys like just have no fear and drive these cars fast. No, it's like it's physical and probably more so like mental in terms of like the drain. And as I said, like if you're changing all these things every lap for 50, 60 laps and there's obviously battles. So that's one factor and there's five, 10 factors that are your trying to control and like after a race you're drained like physically yes but mentally as well like you're fried let's talk about quali in miami which was the last race if i can remember it correctly so the way qualifying works is all 20 people get on the track they drive for 15 minutes and the slowest five don't make it to quali two quality two now there's 15 drivers driving for 15 minutes and then they get rid of five and then the last section is going to be the top 10 drivers the following day that'll be the order they start the race 10 cars 10 different drivers 10 different teams each team has a thousand people so you have ten thousand people and all those variables that's incalculable the amount of variables and then you have 10 individual drivers and at the end of that session in 15 minutes the difference between pole position which this weekend was leclerc then i think it went signs max was third the difference was a few hundredths of a second for the top three and then the field in total was within tenth of a second. Oh my God. Or eight tenths, nine tenths, perhaps. Eight tenths of a second with 10 different humans operating the cars, 10 different teams, thousands of employees, totally different designs. It's impossible. Like when you just think of the numbers, it's got to be the thinnest margin in any sport. That's why I think the fucking sport is more mental than any other sport, because that's the difference between being a hero and fucking average is 0.04 seconds. Sucks. Because <laughs> when you're on the other end of that, so I won Monza. So qualifying, I was about that, like 0.004 off my teammate and then 0.029 off like max in third or something. So I was so close to qualifying top three, which yeah. was so much better than I'd done all season. And because I'd missed out by so little, I was so angry, but that fueled me for the rest of the weekend. So that set up ultimately the win for me. We have to set the table for this. Most drivers of those 20 never ever finish first. It's very rare to finish first in Formula One. There's many drivers that have been driving for 10 years and they're good drivers and they don't ever finish first. Some never even got the podium. And they're like good drivers. They could be mid-level drivers. They could be the best driver on their team and they don't even get on the podium. So to win a race is a very, very select few of the people who've done it over the last 10 years. So that's first and foremost. It's already a very, very select few because there's 20 of us in the world. Yes. Again, impossible. It's the fewest of few of few. (laughs) So your season last year started terrible because you were in a brand new car you'd never driven the mclaren where are you at mentally during that because you're used to being on a team and being the fastest driver it's all relative to your expectation of yourself right and so yeah i'd always been a very very competitive driver so coming into a new team i was yeah like full of confidence and i was like i'll be great and this will be awesome and it just wasn't clicking and it took a lot longer than i thought so then you're like okay what's going on it's kind of foreign territory And I'll just say the timeline is basically like you can do not great in about three races. And on the fourth race, now the media starts talking about you. That's the moment I'm most interested in is like all of a sudden people start looking at your career now 10 years back. It's not just that you've had four bad races. It's now it's like, wait, well, who is Daniel in totality? It's intense. It's brutal. Obviously, it's frustrating because I know what I've got and I know what I'm capable of. Exactly. But there is an element as well, which I 
do enjoy about that because it's like only the strong survive, so to speak. So I'm like, I don't mind a bit of adversity. Like the more people that talk shit, the more people I get to prove wrong. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like that's also kind of fuel as well. But there is a danger you could start believing it. For sure. I'm pretty good with not reading too much or anything. I kind of know what's what for me. And I have a good crew around me to hold me accountable for things. No one's going to be as bad of a critic of you as you. Exactly. You're more mad at yourself after a shitty race than any human on planet Earth. 100%. So like, yeah, the team is upset, but no one's more upset than me. Yeah, you want to die. Dark, I'm filthy, whatever. (laughs) So yeah. yeah. (laughs) But it's also, you know, as you say, like after three races or something, then the narrative and it's like, oh, yeah, he just doesn't have it anymore. It was that motorcycle ride he took with Dak Shepard. He's never been the same. Man. I just, I enjoyed it so much. My mind was elsewhere. I know what I want to do now. <laughs> it's funny because 2020 was one of my best seasons. At Renault. Yeah. Yeah. I got the team back on the podium. An insane season. So the narrative was Daniel's proven once again, he's one of the best drivers in the yeah. world. Yeah. And then literally like three, four months later, it's like, yeah, he doesn't have it anymore or yeah. whatever. So it's, it's funny. Can I just tell you my thoughts about you at that moment? Hit me. Here was my concern. I don't give a fuck if you ever win a race, personally. Like at this point, I just like you, right? So I think in those moments, my main concern about you was I wanted to just always be reaching out to you going, I'm as interested in you. I like you as much. Your success on a track is no factor in me loving you. And I was only afraid for you that you were having that kind of identity crisis of like, wow, okay, if I don't have this, who am I? Fashion designer. Well, we're going to get into that. <laughs> so it's fine. Does that stuff go on at all? Because you have given your life to this for the last 15 years. It's not like you have a house you spend eight months a year in dropping kids off at school. It's a good understanding of the situation because I think what I found myself caught up in is, I guess, an element of that where the racing was dictating my overall happiness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As a person. Yeah, you're dependent on that. Yeah, it's like, okay, you have a bad race and then, oh, okay, I'm now just a shitty person to be around. <laughs> you have to kind of separate that from life itself because you don't win often, if ever. Most people don't. And like, you can still celebrate a fifth place or something. Yeah. Because yeah. you kind of know what's relative to the car and whatever, but it's not a sport where you have constant success and constant highs last year i was going through that and yes i was letting it kind of control me as a person too much Mm -hmm. but again it's like anything in life you live and you learn and i learned through that that there is more than just me the f1 driver and as you kindly touched on you like me for me and it doesn't matter if I win or come 20th, you're still going to appreciate me. I even remember when you started the season, I sent you a text that said, I hope you have the funnest season ever. Not I hope you win. Yeah. I want you to have fun this season. And I'll say this to even like younger kids that are trying to come up, if I'm ever to try to share some advice or guidance, I'm like, just fucking have fun. That is the first and foremost. That's why I got into racing is because it was fun. Like I didn't do it to be on TV or to make money. Originally, the pure passion was to have fun. I want to be faster than the person next to me, period. I'll die if they get past me. (laughs) I'd rather be dead. Maybe don't think I'd rather be dead, but yeah. I'd rather be dead. (laughs) (laughs) It has to remain that, right? And it can get clouded with, yes, there's so much more now at F1. You know, it's not just you and your dad going to the track and going around laps, but still, when you get behind the wheel, you put the helmet on, there still has to be a very, very big percentage of that being just fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And hopefully enjoying all the places you stop down and trying to make a life the three days before the race and actually 
recognizing that's worth that's enjoying your life. Yeah, like enjoying the process, not just letting that seven days be only about one hour on Sunday, because what a fucking waste of seven days. Mm-hmm. That was another thing I kind of realized after a few years of being in F1, I was just there for the race. I was kind of a robot and it was like airplane, hotel, track, hotel. So I'd literally travel the whole world, but I'd seen nothing. Yeah. So I kind of like had a realization, whatever. I was like, okay. If this ended today, how would I feel about it? Other than me saying, yeah, I raced around many tracks. I've got nothing else to show. I hadn't really like experienced you don't have memories much. from any yeah. of those places other than the track. Exactly. I was like, oh, that's kind of sad. Blake must help in that too, right? To be experiencing it with someone you're friends with. Yeah. Michael, my performance coach now, he's a friend. Yes. yes. He's so nice. He was at Austin. Yeah, I was waiting for nice and beautiful. He is beautiful, yeah, but he's very nice. All my friends, if I may say, they're attractive males. Yeah. We got a good thing going. You really do. That tube trip. The, yeah, the oh, tubes. That was a fuck show. Ooh. I wish I was a single straight woman on the <laughs> bank of that river. Well, I was, and it, then it went badly. Oh, yeah, so I want to get to this. But yeah, so surrounding myself with friends and people that we can go and enjoy things with, and it's part of it, and... You're always going to get like the old school hard asses that are like, oh yeah, but you need to be serious and this and that. And like, don't get me wrong. I'm still as focused and as serious as I've always been, but I just, over time, like I'll just do things a little differently now. And I've done it one way for a long time and I exhausted that way of doing it. Now I want to try and explore doing it a different way. And I think having the weekend be fun and enjoyable makes me get into the car, like a little more chill and a little more bubbly. And I'm like, yeah, just go and enjoy it. I think you just learn how you perform best. If you are singularly focused and the only thing that matters is that thing, now the stakes of you fucking up can take on a pressure that otherwise you wouldn't have. So you got to learn how your brain works, I think. Can I just say, like, this is so warm and, like, it helps, obviously, I know you now, but I think even for someone coming in, if they're, like, a little intimidated or whatever it's an amazing setting. it's a disarming spot isn't it <laughs> i love it we do too there's talk yeah. of it going over to the new barn that's getting built but more and more we're afraid to do that because of juju of yeah okay but i just want to set up italy so now we're there really really rough start brutal mentally i'm this sure year? last year when he won oh. i think these sprints favor you so much. you keep doing so good in these sprints so sometimes on weekends there's qualifying as we mentioned and then there's another form of qualifying where there's a race to decide the starting order and so far every sprint i've seen you in you always crush you always make up spots and that's what happened in italy right that was a sprint weekend and this motherfucker found himself at the front of the pack and he stayed there those sprints rock. As the consumer, as the viewer, there's nothing better. You get two races in a weekend. It's so fucking great. And I know they pitched more. And then people collectively were like, well, with the new budget constraints, that's impractical. What do they want, eight or something like that? There's three this year. I think they were probably pushing for something like six or eight. Teams hate it, right? The team itself hates a sprint. As a driver, I again, I like it because the longer I do the sport, the more that practice becomes less exciting and the more i'm like g'd up for race day i just want to race well would you be offended by me saying i think you're a better racer than a qualifier i'm not offended no in a way it's probably a compliment because i felt my reputation initially when i started was that i was really fast i could qualify but I wasn't like tough enough to oh. race. Oh, oh, I didn't know. I missed that part of your career. Okay. Uh, yeah. Cause then I just turned into a straight badass. So yeah. Sure. <laughs> you just got the good bits. That's right. Silverback gangster motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, I just hope there's way more sprints. I love when there's a sprint weekend. I get so excited for you because you just generally make up so many spaces every time. Last thing, messaging me 
Always appreciated. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Don't nice. ever be shy. Unless you're going to be like, dude, you should have braked <laughs> 10 <laughs> meters later. And you like, if you're trying to give me advice. Do people do that? Fuck you. <laughs> I bet people do that. Is anyone that cocky in your life that they give you like tips on how you could have done better? Oh, uh, no, nah, it's okay. I sent you a thing. It was almost like the scene in Swingers. Did you ever see Swingers? No. Oh, John Favreau meets a girl. He gets her number at a bar. He goes home that night and he leaves her a message like, it's so great meeting you, blah, blah, blah. And then it gets cut off. So then he calls back, oh, hey, I didn't finish my message and blah, blah. So now he's left her two messages. Now he gets self-conscious about it. So he calls her three. Oh, this fuck. plays out over like 12 minutes. It's the funniest scene in the world. By the end of it, he breaks up with her on this message. Like, this isn't, I don't think this is working. So this was my moment with you. It's like, I sent you some text. And then like an hour later, I was like, fuck, when I have movies come out and they shit the bed and people know it, I want everyone to pretend they didn't even notice that I had a rough thing. That's probably best. So then I send you a long voice memo. It's like, listen, I don't know if you'd rather me just fuck off when this is happening. I just want to be as supportive as I can. And I'm sorry if I hit you up on a weekend. You're already fucking thinking about this too much. And it was like a long one of me. Kind of, and then your response was so beautiful. It's just you laughing. Aww. <laughs> I felt so bad that you were thinking that it was. And I was like, dude, like, no, like, it's actually very sweet. And anyway, so no, don't ever feel bad. Okay, so Austin. Okay, so we went to F1 Austin last year. So fun. As a weekend, like, I already adore Austin. Go that weekend up. was nuts. You nailed it. And the weather, you really picked it a good one to come so to. It was so fun. We had such a good time. You were already at an 11. You're in cowboy gear every day. Yep. I'm trying to talk like a <laughs> real Texan, y'all. Hell. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So then we go to the race and we're there for an extra day. So you invite us, I think. Not really the case. Okay. You Wait. can correct me. I said, I'm going to go tubing. And you were like, what's tubing? Oh, we talking about Monday, not Monday. Okay. Sorry. Oh, why? What day were you talking about? When you said invited, I thought you meant I didn't invite you for the race. Oh, no. You oh, no. Fine. You got us on the grid. It was yeah. fucking awesome. We will get to tubing. <laughs> you making out with Aaron on the grid. Oh, sure. To help the team. <laughs> Help get the team some press. Good or bad, oh ultimately. Gosh. Were you really making out? No, we just kissed for a photo. We were oh. on the grid. We were so excited. That's and fun. I had just taken like a funny picture with Kristen kissing her. And then so Aaron and I kissed. But Very of course, cute. Kristen and I kissing went nowhere. But Aaron and I kissing was more the headline. But anyways, you were like, oh, what are you going to do in Austin? I go, I'm going to try to go tubing. You're like, what's tubing? I'm like, dude, you just float down the fucking San Marcos River. You drink beer. You jump off bridges. It's a blast. And then you were into it. So then you did book that trip, ultimately. You're right. I asked you about the tubing. And then I was like, I got to get it booked. Yes. But it was your idea, your initiative. You take it. <laughs> no, but then your generosity, you booked it all. There was party buses. Yeah, it was incredible. So a bus picked us up. We <laughs> got driven there. Anyway, so we get on these tubes. You and your 300 brothel, <laughs> your harem. Stable. <laughs> yeah. Stable of studs. It is crazy. It was a unique How many, like 15 yeah. guys. Everyone's body percentage fat, Literally. well below 6%. Everyone looks so stunning. You guys were all tied together and then we're floating. It's fun. It's leisurely. Everyone's enjoying themselves until we get to a horrible portion. Do you want to? Talk about well, it. also, I don't know if Danny knows this. Just months before we talked on the podcast for several different episodes, Monica was starting to question whether or not she could swim anymore. She realized, like, I haven't swam in a decade, and I'm starting to wonder if I Do even I know, know how? how. This was like a debate. So you got to know when we're tubing. I'm like, girl, you're good. You're in a tube. Yeah, Everything's kosher. Fine. I'm there. If you start drowning, I'll get you. But of course, I'm trying to impress you, so I'm jumping off bridges, not looking at certain points. Still scares me. 
the previous time I had tubed down that San Marcos River was when I shot Idiocracy. It was like 2003, and the river was different. That thing we ended up going over used to be this dam. It was a cement dam that had a really gentle transition on the other side. So you would just go over this thing, and it was so gentle, and it would step you down into the lower river. That's how it used to be. That had been torn out since I was there. So... So then, you know, we're going and it looks like a drop off. The girls were like, eh, we don't want to do that. And Dax was like, no, 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 it's really gentle. It's fine. Don't worry. But we like, we can't see what it looks like. So we just take his word for it. And he's a bit ahead of us with Delta. Who's six. Who's six in his tube. Nolly. Yeah. (laughs) They're pretty far ahead and they go over this thing and all of a sudden we're like, Delta's screaming. This thing that had been this gentle roller, they took it all out. There's boulders in there. So then Delta and I are first through. We go down this chute of a rapid. We hit the lip of the wave. We go upside down. Delta's now in the water. I swim to her. I get her out. I'm holding her above the water and just my legs are giddy. I just bash them on every fucking rock. Like it just gets opened up everywhere. I get her safely to the rock. Everything's good. And my first thought is, oh shit, Monica's coming through and she already didn't want to do this. I really didn't want to do it in the first place. And also I'm like, do I know how to swim? Probably not. (laughs) And then we're getting closer and I was like, oh my God, I definitely can't do this. So I'm like trying so hard to get past, but I'm small. And you can't swim. And I can't swim. So I just get sucked down into that rapid immediately off the tube, just like, ah, like drowning. And then I hit a rock where I can kind of sit up and then my bathing suit was off. You missed that. Or did you? I missed all of this. Yeah, but it was okay. Yeah, it was okay. It turned out to be okay. But I was so embarrassed because I was like, all these hot guys. There's so many hot guys who just saw this incredibly embarrassing (laughs) drowning and then my top is off. (laughs) It's just so... And then I immediately said, I didn't like that. Yeah. (laughs) I don't like it. And then I felt horrible. <laughs> Me and Molly were like on the rock, like talking you through it. I'm like, no one fucking saw everything. No one so saw anything. Embarrassed. And then you were next. And you too had a little rocky ride, right? I had a rocky ride. It was rough. <laughs> so I had one of the guy's phones, fortunately waterproof. Yeah. Because I was like, oh, I'll film this. Because I was at the back of like the tube train. I was like, this will be fun. Yeah, no, I'm upside down before you know it. And the video is just underwater for freaking, feels like a minute. Yeah. So I love adrenaline, all that sort of stuff. But where I'm least equipped is water. I feel I can swim, but I'm not great. So I'm like, I'm just a little step above Monica. But I Can I tell you, you actually pulled her out of it. That was her nightmare. Monica hates being embarrassed, especially in front of cute boys. She walked into a window one time. You don't know that story, but she'll like cry over it. So I immediately was like, oh my God, I just feel terrible for Monica. I'm so worried about Monica. She was having a real rough time. But when she heard you say. Yeah, you said something like, oh, that was bad. Like that was dodgy or that was a little much. She went, okay. Like you softened the whole thing. She came out of it solely because you two express some concern like, about even danny had a hard time doing that yeah. so you know i mean that good wasn't company. a sympathy chat it was legit it was genuine like all the boys and that kept going again i know yeah. and i didn't lincoln wanted to go i took lincoln down we did a, a few rounds of it <sighs> lincoln is she's, she's so adept yeah yeah she's a <laughs> she's real yeah <laughs> she's hard 
But I had the second moment. So first, me and Delta, shit, okay, I have my little girl with me. I get her on the rock, okay. Next thing was like, Monica. Third thought was, here we go again. I know. It's just like the motorcycle on top of the cliff. Like every time I hang out with this guy, I put him in a situation where his career might be over. I know. <laughs> I need to start being more aware of this. But I'm drawn to you because of your seek for adventure. Yeah. It's yeah, a good yeah. parent. I forgot English. I've traveled so many years now. I don't even know if I know English <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, your desire to have fun, I admire that about you. Because like, you know what it's like, like you hit your 30s, like, oh, I'm getting old. And then yeah. I'm like, I look at you and I'm like, I can still do this. You're an inspiration. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. You know, my biggest fear in life is that I'm going to like be in a car and I'm going to lay rubber and I'm going to go, oh, that's not fun anymore. Like, that's my biggest fear in life is that I don't enjoy getting sideways in turns because I don't know why I'll be alive anymore. But it's mm. still thriving. I'm still as into doing donuts as I've ever been. <laughs> That's good. So I hope that is encouraging to you. And you and I, we can announce it here. We do have planned dual retirement goal as a pact. We're planning on combining forces so that we can have the perfect retirement compound Ooh. with all dangerous activities. I just got to give a shout out to Salt Lake because then we went directly from tubing to the Salt Lake. That's right. What a place for barbecue, yeah. huh? So good. And just when you think you've had enough barbecue in the last seven days, you think that you might be done and it's hard to get excited about more brisket. Boy, oh boy. Yep. <laughs> they brought Emotional. <laughs> I think they pulled out a special brisket for you, to be honest, because yeah. it was much better than the brisket we had had two nights before. Oh, I think there was good. a special Ricardo brisket that they pulled. <laughs> like it had been smoking for a year or something. It couldn't have been more tender. It was virtually a jello. It was insane. <laughs> <laughs> I vocally declared my love for Austin for pretty much 10 years now since we've been going there. And each year, there's like more and more local love. And I'm like, all right, this is cool. We got served well. It was delicious. Mm, Stay tuned for more Armchair Expert, if you dare. We are supported by Viator. When you're traveling, you want to get there and experience something new and fun. Like recently, I went off-roading on a Mexico vacation. Got to some locations we would have never gotten to otherwise. Got to see a huge waterfall. It was heaven. If you want to make your next trip memorable, you need to visit Viator. It's a website and app that'll help you book fun experiences and adventures all over the world. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences in over 190 countries. Like, now this is something I would do, a tour of Rome's gems on a vintage Vespa. I mean, how else are you going to find that? Yeah. Or how about a Jeep jungle tour if you're heading to Punta Cana? Fun. Another reason Viator is so great is it has 24-7 service. And you need that when you're on vacation with time zone differences and everything else. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Download the Viator app now and use the code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. That's Viator, V-I-A-T-O-R, with the number 10. We are supported by Smucker's Uncrustables. Oh, do I love these. I also love a food hack, and this is a good one. Check out Uncrustables, the best part of the sandwich. It's a round, crimped sandwich made with soft, pillowy bread filled with peanut butter and jelly. The best part is you simply freeze and thaw them. Pop them straight from the freezer into a lunchbox for less work on a busy morning. You'll find Smucker's Uncrustables in the freezer aisle. Learn more at Uncrustables.com. We are supported by HelloFresh. 
You know, there are days when it's really hard to decide what to eat. You stare blankly into the fridge for what feels like hours with no success. And you end up hangry. Well, I've got a solution. HelloFresh, they deliver fresh ingredients and chef-curated recipes straight to your home. And they even take care of the meal planning. I love it because I always text Callie, what should I eat for dinner? Okay, you ask her a lot. Uh, yeah, because I get stressed and overwhelmed and she doesn't know. And so HelloFresh is so great if I have it because then it's all there. I don't have to make any decisions. Well, what did you get into last night? Ooh, last night I had a, you know, I love prosciutto. Mm-hmm. I Who had doesn't? A, oh, so good. I had a prosciutto wrapped chicken and it had a truffle chive mashed potatoes and Ooh. a lemony broccoli. It was delicious. Oh, my goodness. Go to HelloFresh.com slash DaxFree and use the code DaxFree for free breakfast for life. One breakfast item per box while subscription is active. That's free breakfast for life. Available for a limited time at HelloFresh.com slash DaxFree with the code DaxFree. Okay, so when we came back from that trip, I was asking you with great interest what you want to do after you're done driving. And I have a lot of aspirations for you that maybe you don't have for yourself. But basically, you're the most charismatic guy I know. One of the things you do really well is your clothing. Yeah. When you find out your buddy's got a clothing thing, you're like, oh, yeah, send me some stuff. And you're nervous because you're like, I'm going to have to wear it when he comes over. It's going to be terrible. You're our favorite clothing designer. Yeah, every time a box comes with apparel, I'm so excited. And I don't know if you noticed, but when I saw you at the Hilton party, I had worn your shoes for you. Oh, wait. The I don't vans? know if I'd seen them. The Vans? Thank you. And they're gorgeous. And they're awesome. And you get me into colors I would never find myself in yeah. without you. That's where we've had a lot of compliments. The fun part has been like playing around with the colors. Yeah. And I love it. I yeah. love the green. It's been a lot of fun. So firstly, thank you. I will definitely keep sending you stuff. Please. Well, I even ordered shit one time. I'm just buying it on my own. And then they didn't have my size. And I was like, I don't care if it's not my size. I'm still getting it. Yeah. <laughs> That's how much I like it. I was like, I'll just wear it tight. I appreciate it. And talking about other things other than racing and whether it's now or like post racing. I mean, it's like anyone. Like, I think you need to have other interests, hobbies, things that keep you going, things that keep you stimulated other than your real work, I guess, because I've never been one to want to go to sleep at night just with race cars in my head. I need to kind of go to bed with clear thoughts or other things that are going to get me excited. So the clothing's been one. Yes, it's doing great, but it's honestly just fun. Like I'm on calls every Tuesday. We're going through new designs. I don't know. It's just been really enjoyable, but more so like seeing people wear it and being stoked. Yeah, how cool is that? It's, it's like so a warm, great. fuzzy feeling. So thanks. It is cool. Did you hear that Dax farted in it on the airplane and it oh, was a nice, thick, perfect pant? It might drive sales. We were flying home from London last week and I just had tremendous gas. It's an airplane thing, right? It makes it worse. Yeah. It compounds it for sure. for sure. But also I had woken up early to go on the airplane. You know, that's never a great scenario because I can't relax. So what I did is I took that comforter they give you and I laid that completely flat on my seat, which I wondered if other people were like, that's a weird move. But I put that down first as some padding. Then I had your mustard colored sweats on. And between that padding and the sweats, I was able to fart the entire flight and never was there a smell. No Not smell. a micron. So I hope that drives up sales. You could write that on the description for the pants. It's a great fart filter. Not only eco-friendly, but also odorless. That's odorless right. and, and a fart filter. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's beautiful. They were really good, man. It's because it's a good material. It's, it's a nice, thick. thick material. Really high end. Thanks. Yeah, and this is serious because I make products. I make diaper stuff with my wife. Hello, Bello. Let's go. Hello, Bello. Hello, Bello. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me of your friend, Jess. Yes. Let's go, barbecue. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he needs to do like an audio for Hello, Bello. Uh, yeah, oh. let's go, Hello, Bello. He'd kill it. So proprietary to him. <laughs> The any way he does go. it. He can land any let's go. Let's go, oat milk. Yeah. <laughs> the sweats. You're regularly presented with things that would be much cheaper to make, but you yourself wouldn't wear it. And you've chosen, I know, to spend a lot making them. Like, they're fucking really yeah, good clothes. Yeah, they are. Yeah, I, I mean, you pretty much said, like, I don't want to promote something that I wouldn't feel comfortable in myself. And it might be what I touched on, like, at the very beginning. Like, I kind of want to leave a good impression on people. Yes. Mm-hmm. You're codependent by nature. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's probably like reflects on the experience that I guess they're going to have when they receive the clothes, when they wear them. So it's definitely a lot that goes into it. Well, it's super successful, I have to imagine, right? Because every time I go to order something, you're sold out of everything, which is hot. It's done better than we thought because I've never done it really. Like you don't really know where to like set the expectation, but it's been cool. And also, if you do something good, then most likely people will want to come back. What's the website to order it on? So it's rick3.com. Rick3.com. So Rick, Ricardo, and then my number's three. So we've called it Rick3. R-I-C. R-I-C. The then number, the number three. three. .com. Not spelled. Yeah, thanks. Don't make that mistake. That'll take you to a porn, porn. actor with a three-inch penis. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Don't do that. Yeah. He's famous <laughs> for this three-inch penis. Yeah, Rick three-inch penis. So <laughs> Maybe I do care too much what people think. I don't know. The last thing I want is people to be like, oh, so he's just come on today to like promote his clothing. No, you came to bro out. We promote your clothing every day. I am wearing day. it right we- now though. Yeah, <laughs> half the photos of us and guests, yeah. we're wearing the we shit. We wear your stuff so all the mostly, time. Mostly I'd be more worried someone be frustrated with like, hey, thanks for telling us how great the shit is and I have no fucking clue how to go get it. Right. That's more of a concern I would have. Thanks, buddy. How does Ashante fit into the Rick 3 world? Is it its own thing? I enjoy talking about this because it's funny. So- Enchanté is... What does it mean? Oh, fuck. Yeah. It's a French word. (laughs) Yeah. So I think it's in the context of like, you can say it like enchanté when you meet someone. So I think it's like a pleasure to meet you. I think it means enchanted. Yeah. We We love enchanted. That's our thing. It's like a very beautiful way of saying a nice to meet you to someone. Yeah. Ah, Enchanté. But I've lived in the south of France for nearly 10 years, and I know very, very few French words, enchanté being one of them. (laughs) But for me, it's like the most sexy, beautiful French word, and it makes you sound like you know what you're talking about. Yeah, Yeah, it's classy. Uh It's very classy. It's something you'd say wearing a tuxedo, you know? Yes. (laughs) Or maybe like your review of some caviar you just had. Mm, Mm, Enchanté. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe you start up a Ferrari and you go, oh, enchanté. You've got it. Yeah. Because that's the whole context around it or our version of it. So I got to give a shout out to my friend Owen. So we would go out and have a drink and stuff. And, you know, when we'd cheers, instead of saying cheers, we'd be like, hmm, enchanté. Or we'd have a sip of a cocktail and be like, this is delicious. And we would say, well, enchanté. So enchanté was like our word of approval. It just meant we're just having a good time. So I did like an enchanté collection, a tip of the hat to like the south of France. But the tagline is the best, which I always fuck up. So what is it? Oh, yeah. So the tagline. That came in over a call. Like, so we we're talking about on Sean Taylor. Like, so what's this collection about? Like, how can you describe it to people? And just kind of off the top of my head, I said, well, it's upper class elegance 
from lower class bandits. Yeah, I love it. I love it because I have a big class warfare thing. So I love Ashante, but then I would be like, that's not for me. I'm not fancy enough. But then the fact that it's by low class bandits, I'm like, yeah. well, now we're talking. That's mm-hmm. me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> High and low. High and low. So we're trying to also just have a bit of fun with it. Four weeks ago, Monica said just out of nowhere on the show, she goes, it is shocking to me you like Formula One because it's like the richest of the rich. Like knowing you, I'm surprised you even like it. I said, well, that's a good riddle because I don't like polo. I'm like, what? Everyone's wearing business it's casual golf. during their sport. You're yeah, triggered golf. By I'm a triggered bit. by, sure. Even tennis. <laughs> so uh, my ultimate thing I settled on is I was like, yeah, it is a very elite thing. And most kids that got into it had some money. I said, but the guys are just fucking shitheads. I mean, no matter what. Like ultimately at the end of the day, yeah, $500 million is going into whatever. But then you have some shithead behind the wheel who's kind of a nutcase. Yeah. That's what gets me through is that most of you guys are fucking idiots. And you'd crash a <laughs> rental car and you'd fucking turn a golf cart over on the, you know. Mixed likely. messages. There's some banditness yeah. to it. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, we're all motorheads. That's the funny thing. Why do we do it? And it's going back to, like, when we started, we just want to drive fast. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds like a something from Talladega Nights. It's true. Like, we just want to drive fast. It's also, like, a little bit rebellious. Yeah. yeah. It's dangerous. 100%. It's rebellious. I love it. This is the last thing I'm going to compliment you on, and then we're going to wrap this up so you can go ride your 110 north of Santa Barbara. Oh, that, are you going now to... Yeah, I'm so Fun. excited. As hard out as to go ride. I get that. Great. Yeah, yeah. I'm so told because I'm so excited to ride. But I love talking to you beautiful people. We love you. Thank you. How long are you here? I leave Sunday. Um, I know. I told him Lincoln and I are going to the motocross track on Monday morning and he's going to miss it. That could have been great. We could have assured a broken bone at the track. (laughs) (laughs) That would be almost a given. If like Lincoln hit a double that you didn't, you'd have to. (laughs) That's where 100% ego would come into play. Oh, me too. I'm going to kill myself if she gets good. That's a certainty. I will say there's something about having gotten to know you, and I can't remember what race it was. Maybe it was a couple races ago during the sprint where I was like, God, now that I know you as a human, I can't believe you can do that thing. I got so giddy thinking like, God, he can really fucking do that thing. Nobody can do that thing. It's so next level. And now that I know you, it's even crazier. I'm like, oh, yeah, we're normal humans in real life. We're going to eat food. But then there's going to be a moment where Danny can do this thing that's absolutely (laughs) mind-blowing. It's really mind-blowing. I got so excited. Thank you. It is surreal, even for me, because, yeah, I dreamed of this as a kid, and I never thought I would be where I am today. What you just said also makes me think about, you know, you touched on, like, eventually when I'll stop racing and retire and do something else. I want to make sure that I do it at the right time because it's such a unique thing that, as you say, like I'm able to do and there's so few of us. And look at Alonzo this year. Like Alonzo's having this fucking incredible season. He's 40. He's going to turn 41 this season. He's still killing it. He's a gangster. You don't want to be trying to pass Alonzo at 40 right now. <laughs> it's not going to be fun. He's an OG for sure. Alonzo's a rare case and Raikkonen, they're also world champions. So maybe they have that pass to come back. I don't want to forget how like special and awesome it is and for sure like it's inevitable that the day i do leave it there'll be times where i'll miss it so i want to make sure that i've exhausted it and done everything i can in it i guess i don't want to take it for granted 
people have this weird obsession with legacy. And I'm someone who thinks legacy is a joke. Like you're not gonna be alive to see your legacy. Who gives a fuck? I don't care what people say when I'm dead. So I would never do anything motivated out of legacy. Yeah. Valentino Rossi, people were just up in arms that he didn't retire earlier when he was number one. And my thought was like, if I could ride in MotoGP and be 19th, I would do it. There's only 18 guys that are better than that in the world. <laughs> Literally, if you can ride mid-pack in MotoGP, why wouldn't you do that? Who gives a fuck if you're not number one? Like, I can't do that. No one can do that. I can't imagine being able to still be able to do it and not do it. Yeah, that's it's tough. tricky, though. When I hear you say that, I'm like, nah, fuck that. If I was winning at one point and now I'm not, then I don't think I would have that same level of enjoyment. But even if you're better than five other guys. Oh, it's not enough. I know, I know. it's not enough for you, but it should be. <laughs> yeah, you're it right. You know what I'm be. saying? If I could be within a second of pole, I'd be fucking doing backflips. Yeah. It's just hard when you know what it feels like to win. It's true. It is ego, though. It is. It's yeah. fully ego, yeah. Anyone that could drive Formula One should. Same with MotoGP. If you can finish 12th in MotoGP, you're a god. Yeah. Yeah, you just have to feel totally done. And then we'll just go on an American road trip. The compound. I'll hug you even harder if you finish 20th. <laughs> I'll be fucking cheering with champagne. I feel I would get more love from you after a shit race <laughs> than like winning, for sure. I'm not worried about yeah, you when you win. Exactly. You're good. You don't need me when you win. You don't need anybody. Fuck everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, can we give one little tidbit? Because when I do tell people this, they're always excited that you never drive. You don't drive in life very often. Not much. Yeah. On a race weekend, yeah, if I've got Blake or Michael or anyone else around, yeah, I'm like, I'm a passenger and yeah. I'm just controlling the music. I like that. I'm totally good with that. Today, I'm going to drive but I'm happy to. I don't mind like a little road trip kind of thing. Were you scared when you were a passenger in my car? Ah, uh, ooh, no. Because if I were you, I would have thought, oh, fuck, he's going to try to impress me. Well, I, I, I do sometimes have those thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. But I was actually driving at like 30% of how I drive. Because I'm like, I don't want him to think I'm trying to impress yeah. him. Yeah. I did one burnout on the highway, but that was just because we were next to another charger. Yeah. That would have been crazy if I hadn't done that. I loved you for that. Okay. Yeah. It would have been disrespectful <laughs> to that guy and to Dodge, everyone. Oh. I love you. Good luck with everything. Can't wait to watch the rest of the season. I hope I get to bump into you at a few more races. Yeah. That'll be wonderful. Come hang out with us more. That is one thing I look forward to when I do stop is more friend time. Hangs, yeah. <laughs> more hangs. You're the pride of Australia, but you're very American too. There's some American DNA in me. I'm quite sure of it. You've yeah. got a high level of obnoxious like we have. <laughs> yeah. So you fit right in here, yeah. <laughs> Big love. Love you. And now my favorite part of the show, the fact check with my soulmate, Monica Padman. From your picture board? No, this one wasn't on my board. This one's impromptu? Oh, wow. Impromptu. Improvised? It's great. You know, it's funny as I was uh, in the shower today, and I've been ordering a lot of slacks. You've seen me in them. There's new slacks. Yeah. Drawstring, little baggier. Trousers. Trousers, pantaloons, multiple colors. Yeah. All this to say... I get them, I like them, I put them in my closet, and then they're gone forever. You and forget I, about them? Well, I wear the same two that are in front of me. And I actually was thinking in the shower, like, I need to do what Monica does. Exactly. Or just another thought I had is, like, lay out seven outfits, mm -hmm. and that's what I'm going to wear that week. Over the Have week. you ever tried that technique? Yeah, that's a common technique. It's very common. Okay, yeah. so I didn't discover anything no, new No, you did. <laughs> 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 You're on the brink. You're on mm. the precipice. You should, because it's... 
healthy. Stupid to buy clothes and not wear I them. Oh, and then I think I don't have any because I wear the same two pants that I like. Yeah. And then I get more, and then as I'm putting those away, they're next to brand new other pants I bought that I like. I think that's a guy thing because I have the same way with my pants. Oh, you are. Yeah. <laughs> I don't okay, think it's a guy thing. I think it's a everyone thing. Like people have their go-to jeans and their go-to. You forget when you buy new stuff to mix it up, unless you commit yourself, like I have, to yeah. fashion. Did you see my closet video? This could be no. Oh my gosh, I posted a closet video. Oh, and does it include your photographs? Yeah. Oh, wow. It's a bit regretful because it was also impromptu, improvised, uh -huh. um, very random. Jess came over. Okay. And I was telling him about my fashion endeavors. And then yeah. I was like, oh, I should show you my closet. So then I was doing that. And then he was filming. Mm. <sighs> and so then, you didn't even realize it was something that you might post. But then you saw it and you're like, I'm going to post it. Yeah, I was like, mm -hmm. oh, it's funny. But it is funny. Uh-oh. It's not fashion. Aspirational? Yeah. Uh -oh. <laughs> I know. I know. It's sad. Well, you got to stay a little relatable. That's true. Yeah. I am relatable because right now my clothes smell bad. This outfit oh. smells bad. Oh, God. What kind of stink? I... I don't know if it's from the dry cleaning. Uh-oh. I did walk, so the sweat probably made it worse. Oh, it smells like sweat. Well, That's no. That's great. It doesn't. Pheromones? It doesn't. It smells it doesn't. like a weird smell, and the sweat, I think, exacerbated it. Okay. If you had to compare the smell to something, could you? Well, then I wondered, like, is it moth smell? Mm -mm. But then I don't know what moth smell they is. Don't, no. Do Are you thinking smell? of mothballs? Yeah. Yeah, moths don't smell. Mothballs <laughs> smell to repel moths. Oh. Yeah. That's the thing I always curious about. You know, there's always kids in school whose mothers just chalk their closets full of mothballs. Okay. And then they reek like mothballs. But guess what? It's human repellent as well. That's not because it's nasty. Okay. Well, that makes me feel good. It's not moths. I thought mothballs <laughs> were made from moths. Oh, okay. I thought they like were sure, left behind like little spiders, balls. you know, like they leave the little eggs. Ew. Ooh. Anyway, so it's not that. So it's the dry cleaner. Oh. Fuck. Well, okay. It definitely is. I've noticed it on a lot of my clothes lately. Mm. This makes me think of something that I don't think I should share, but I'm going to. So I was in my Miami trip, and I have a system when I travel. I throw all my dirty clothes in the corner of whatever room I'm inhabiting. Uh-huh. And at the end of the trip, I have two sides of my suitcase. I keep all the fresh ones on one side, and I put all the dirties in a ball in the other side. Then when I get home, I just take that ball, I put it in the hamper, Great. and then I put away my fresh clothes. Uh-huh. So I had showered. I did very minimal things and I went to work out and then I, you know, I pee next to the garage. About Today? Seven, no, no, this is oh, maybe a week ago. and a half ago. Okay. Well, it was after Miami. Okay. This resulted from Miami. Okay. <laughs> I think I know. You do? I think I can okay. continue. Well, take a guess. That could be, could be fun. Okay. So you peed by the garage, mm -hmm. and when you peed by the garage, you took your underwear down. Mm -hmm. And when you looked at the underwear, it was definitely dirty, because <laughs> one of the dirty clumps moved into the clean clump. Okay. Close. And there was poop stains. No, okay. <laughs> okay, so I guess it's not that bad. Oh. I don't, in general, have shit streaks. I wouldn't guess that about you. Yeah. You're I'm, pretty clean. I'm pretty meticulous. Well, just specifically, <laughs> I don't even think I'm that clean. My anus is an obsession of mine. You know, I have the- Bidet. I have the brondel and I squirt water in there and I'm just, yeah. And you put your fingers I in. I do rub my <laughs> finger on that. People don't like that, but I do. <laughs> you know, fuck it. I put my finger on it in the shower. I clean it and then I use toilet paper to dry off. And then I wash my hands. Yeah. Okay. So- <laughs> Okay. okay. 
So I peed next to the garage, mm -hmm. and then I went in, and then I sniffed my fingers, as you do. Yeah. I thought, oh my god, there's a little bit of like ball smell. Like I would, which <sighs> I don't. Again, I also don't really ever get stinky balls. I have to not showered for a few days to get that. Okay. But I just showered that morning. I was like, what the fuck? How could I already have? stinky undercarriage mm. when i just showered okay. it was driving me bonkers right and then i peed another time and i'm like god damn it it's there it's, oh. maybe it's even worse oh now i'm consumed with it so when i finish my work i'm like i'm gonna have to shower well actually i didn't think i'm gonna have to shower again i thought i'm gonna have to wash my uh, testicles and penis in the sink which i sometimes do okay and so i went upstairs and i was about to do that and all of a sudden i just thought oh my god i'm gonna smell my underwear I took off my underwears, lordy lord. What's obvious is they were not clean. Yeah. So although I was very clean, I put on my undies and it, it contaminated my so testicles and my right. pants. Dirty one made its way into the clean That's exactly section. right. Okay. And I'll add, I can't remember having uh, pantaloonies undercarriage on men's unmentionables that even smelled that bad. Right, why would it smell that well, bad? Well, Miami, okay. Sweat. Very hot, yeah. very humid. Sure. Then take them off and they're, God knows, you know, and they're just not getting any better smelling. And then they're in the, okay. oh God. Anyways, what a humiliation. What well, you a were humiliation. by yourself at least. That's true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like you, I go to the worst place. Like I have a headache. Okay. I got a tumor. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, oh my God, now I'm someone whose balls stink three hours after That's they shower. That's scary. What's happening with me hormonally? Yeah. You know, I'm going to all these crazy explanations, never even thinking maybe my panties smell. <laughs> and they yeah. did. Wow, well, that's an easy fix, so best case. Yeah, I haven't experienced it since. But now I'm a little shook about that pair of panties, and I love that pair of panties. They're dark black with very colorful hearts on them. Uh-huh. So I wore them the other day, and I sniff, sniff, because I was like, were they clean, and they're permanently, something's oh. wrong with them. But then I sniff, 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 clean as a cucumber. Great. But I had some anxiety all day. I was like, every time I peed, I was like... You thought maybe it was going to get released? Yes, I just because okay. I had had that traumatic experience sure. with that. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, there's reason to fear because sometimes when pheromones get crossed, uh -huh. weird stuff can happen. I think you're referencing when you borrow a girlfriend's shirt. That's right. And the right. girlfriend doesn't have BO. Zero. And you don't have BO. I hope I don't. You don't. I've known you for quite a while. Yeah. Never smelt BO on you. And then... But when I wear the shirt... I do have beer. I have like a, it smells crazy, but it's the mixture of the pheromones. Yeah. And you have, a, you know, which friends you can't share tops with. Callie's one of them, right? No, Is she one of them? No, no. she's not. Okay. <laughs> it's not gross because neither of you have beer. I know, but it's not her. Okay. Ding, 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 Callie. This yeah. is relevant. So I had dinner with her and she just got out of COVID. Okay. And during COVID, she got really into Drive to Survive. She did not. Yes. So oh, her MX. Yeah, First they've been happened. watching it, and of course, so she was, you know, cross-referencing with me a lot. Like, okay, what do you like this person? Do you like this person? Who do you uh -huh. like? You know, that type of thing. And, and then like, she had a, probably a whole new jealousy that you're friends with Daniel Ricardo. Okay, this is what I'm getting at. Oh my god! No, you're not gonna like it. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so she, she said, what teams? And I said, I just like whatever Danny's on. He's mm -hmm. my favorite. And she was like, really? And I was like, yeah, I, what do you mean? I was like, I love Danny. He's the best one. And she was like, oh, he seems, he seems a little full of himself. And then I said, oh, my God, that's the thing Dax was talking about on the show where some people think 
he's sincere about that i guess or Mm -hmm. something and i was like oh that's that thing but then i told her that he's perfect and lovely and very nice and she said oh i was wrong yeah nicest manners in the world Mm -hmm. gentle boy yeah not arrogant at all no that's his character i am i had to correct that i had to write that wrong she was receptive to it oh good and um i'm glad she was flexible in her she judgment who does she love she likes sayings Okay, sure. When you look at Sainz, you go, this is this guy is dirty. I do think that when I see him, but I think the same thing about Leclerc. Like, they all stink bad. No, not stink. <laughs> no, no, no. Stop saying that. You're perpetuating a false rumor. <laughs> I'm saying, like, nasty. Like, get in the bedroom. He's throwing you all around, moving your body, doing all kinds of advanced Spanish lovemaking techniques. Mm. That's what I think. Okay. I think she's responding to his carnal sex appeal. Okay, maybe. Like, Leclerc is much better looking than Sangs. Well, that's all in the eye of the beholder. To me, I'm only speaking for myself. Okay. I think Leclerc is is much cuter than Sangs. Mm-hmm. But if I had to guess, there were 10 volunteers who slept with both of them. My guess would be Sangs comes out as the better lover. That is my spidey sense intuition. Okay. You're worried about me perpetuating rumors? That he's a good lover? Well, that also that Leclerc is not. Didn't say that. Well, basically. Did not say that. That's what he's going to hear. No, he's not. What he's going to hear is I think he's better looking, and then I think that Sainz is a little bit better of a lover, although Leclerc is a very generous lover. Although, no, last time I was talking about Leclerc, I was was hypothesizing that he was a two-pump chump. Exactly. For fun. You've really made it clear you think he's bad. (laughs) No, I love Leclerc. Anyway. He's in my top three drivers. What if I said, you know, Dax is obviously better looking, but I would much rather have sex with. Oh, yeah. Well, that's true. Yeah, you'd hate that. Well, hold on, though. Let's just be real. That was really good. That was kind of a cheap shot. But also Bradley Cooper would be mad that I said the other part. Well, so what you would need to say, though, it's got to be identical. You'd say, you're much better looking than Bradley. But I think if you and Bradley had sex with 10 women, the women would prefer having sex with Bradley. Okay. Pret- and that's I still guess pretend rough. I said that. That's rough. Mm-hmm. But not as bad as what you just said before. What I say? He's way better than you. Yeah, that's what you're saying. I didn't say that. Stop putting words in my mouth. I said that signs is preferred, not way better. You are splitting hairs. Uh-huh, I am. Okay. That's, the, that's what we do here with nuance. Okay. Non-binary. Okay, preferred. Mm. I'll change my verbiage to prefer. Okay, okay. Ten girls would prefer sleeping with Bradley over they you. They preferred the experience. Preferred yes. the experience. They yeah. had sex with both of you and they preferred the experience. You'd hate it, of course. Well, of course I'd hate yeah. it. Yeah. Well, you know what a good question is? We're getting somewhere good. <laughs> we're actually, we're approaching something good. Okay. So here's a here's an option. You only get one of these two. Great looking or great in bed. What would you rather be known for? Oh, known for. Mm-hmm. I, I know for me what it is. Well, I know for you what it is. What is it? Good in bed. Oh yeah, of course. Because <laughs> that's where the rubber meets the road. I think every <laughs> I think everyone would rather be good in bed. I don't know. I think some people who don't really give a fuck about sex, they're not super sexual. They'd rather just walk through the world being super attractive and people Um, smiling at them and buying them drinks and whatnot. And they're like, I don't care if I'm good in bed. I'm good enough. Now, what would you rather be, Robbie? Good in bed. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, good. I, three for three. The hard thing is if you're if you're not good looking, it's hard to prove you're good in bed. This is the conundrum. Right. Anyway. So does she want to start watch? Is she going to start watching races and shit, Kelly? She wants to. I think she does. now she's in. She loves it. Great. Yeah. Oh, we might have to have him over for a race day. Oh, they would love that. Yeah. Max asked if I liked Pierre Gasly. So also, here's That's my the pro- brother's favorite. Really? Yeah, he loves them. I said he looked greasy. <laughs> <laughs> but and then Max said no. It's just the sweat. From driving. Well, they're playing a sport, basically. Like, you would never call a basketball player sweaty. No, I didn't call him sweaty. Greasy. Oh, greasy. That's a different well, That's got a little bit of a potentially a racist connotation. Why? He's white. I know, but there are certain populations of white people that have a reputation of being greasy. Who? I'll tell you off the air, but I'm not going to do it here. Tell me. No. Anyway, okay, so Max likes Pierre. Does anyone like Max? No. Oh. That's pretty... Uh, <laughs> Universal. Yeah. Wow. He's so arrogant, Dax. He's you not know that. even arrogant. Uh, that is not the word I would use okay. to describe him. Okay. Like, he never says he's great. That's not, for me, First of all, he is, he's the best driver in Formula One. I don't disagree. Yeah, and he doesn't even really say that. I don't love a fuck-off attitude in general in life. Yeah, I'm not like, attracted wait. to anyone who's like that. Right. He carries himself like that, it's so the he's same not for as, me. I know, but you love Michael Jordan. Like Michael Jordan was punching his teammates in practice. But Michael Jordan does not have a fuck off attitude. He's not he, like. God. If someone who doesn't know as much as him tells him what to do, he has a very fuck off attitude, and that's what you see with Max quite. But often. he would. But even just the way he talks to like interviewers, he refuses to play the game even a little bit. And I don't like that. I'm like, these are fans. These are people who are paying a lot of money to see you. Can you cut him a little bit of a cultural break that he's Dutch? They don't do the pleasantry thing. Everyone in the Netherlands, in the North, they they don't believe in the in the little small talk, the pleasantries. They get right to it. I don't believe in small talk either. I hate it. But you are a popular sports figure making a ton of money, doing exactly what you love. You have a great life. Just be a little, just be a little nicer. Okay. I'm just going to make an <laughs> argument for him. Okay. Which is he's not paid to do any of that stuff. He is paid to win races for Red it's- Bull. Hold on. You said your piece. Okay. Go ahead. He has one job, win races. That is his job. And that's why he gets paid more money. If you wanted a PR guy, you should have hired a PR guy. If you want a guy that thinks about nothing but winning races is a psychopath about winning races, then hire me and I'll go win races. But if you need a guy to go sell Red Bull as a beverage or sell Formula One as a sport, I'm not the dude. I care about a single thing, winning races. I respect that. Mm-hmm. Okay, that was my piece. I get it. I get what you're saying. I it, It's not attractive to mm. watch someone be rude or... Short with everyone could care less when people are excited like it's it's to me very off-putting even when he wins though you, do you ever listen on the radio when he wins like when he comes across the finish line and they'll go like that was p1 max and i'll go oh all right whoa that was a good race that's it <laughs> the other people are like doing backflips in the car and screaming and stuff he's just a very you know robotic yeah yeah um I'm I'm not trying to convince you to not like him, you know? 
Like, I don't think you are. Love him. You no. can keep loving him. But not my preferred personality. Yeah. Right. I like Danny, who's Me nice too. and kind and always looking out for the little guy and who's conscientious. Uh -huh. I like that personality. That's what I'm drawn to. One of the questions lobbed my way was, what do you think of Will Blank, I forget his last name, the journalist on Drive to Survive? Back up. What, what now? <laughs> that was a question from Callie to me. Oh. oh. You know, like, what do you think of this person? What do you think of this person? What do you think of Will Buxton, the oh, journalist? that's great. He's handsome. The English dude, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's very handsome. <laughs> he kind of looks like a driver a little bit. <laughs> She's deep if she wants to know that's what do you right. think of Will Buxton. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, what does Ashante mean? Ashante means nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. I can't really say it to you because I I met you a long time ago. I know. It also does. It does say enchanted. Oh, good. Maybe we get enchanted from that. It's a very elegant word. It is. Yeah. It's greasy. Um, farts on an airplane. Mm. Like snakes on a plane. Farts on a plane. Mm-hmm. Why you fart so much on planes? And is that how it was said? Why you fart? Not why do you? Yeah. So oh, it's why you fart. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, an yeah. answer, <laughs> not a question. Yeah. This says, as it turns out, there's a scientific reason people often fart more while <laughs> traveling on planes or climbing high mountains. Oh. And it's even got a name, high altitude flatus expulsion. Ooh, flatus expulsion. The gastrointestinal syndrome was described in a 1981 study as characterized by an increase in both the volume and the frequency of the passage of flatus, which <laughs> spontaneously occurs while climbing to altitudes of 11,000 feet or greater. I've never heard flatulence just shortened to flatus. flatus. Oh, my God. Excuse my flatus. Ashante. <laughs> That study found that as air pressure decreases at higher altitudes, gases inside your body expand and need to be let out. Oh. Although it was based more on being up in the mountains than inside a pressurized plane. But additionally, a 2013 study that had participants record how often they farted while driving up an Australian mountain uh, hypothesized uh, <laughs> that quickly moving from a low altitude to a higher one draws more carbon dioxide into your gut. Oh, Isn't wow. that great? It is, you know, and it, if you think about it, it's the reverse of the bends. Yeah. So you have less pressure on you, so the gas comes out. But when you have extra pressure, it condenses it so much and get in your bloodstream. Wow. Less pressure in your asshole, <laughs> more pressure in your bloodstream. Keep it in your asshole, folks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, Jesus. Okay, this is the transish. Okay, so backstory. Almost the second after I said that the Benz is on the opposite scale. We stopped down, as we say in the biz. What do we call it? Stop down. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, wow. Okay, I taught you something. Cool. We stopped down, and uh, we did a really cool interview. Uh-huh. And then uh, things got cray. Then we stopped up, and all of a sudden the kids were <laughs> home from school. Yes. So this next section of the fact check <laughs> includes some, some, some guests. <laughs> it's chaos. Please enjoy the chaos. We had just finished farts on an airplane. Oh, I my class today, and I don't know who it was, but I was suspecting it. Here, sit over here, love. So someone ripped in class, mm -hmm. and you were trying to figure out who it was? Yeah. This is a ding, ding, ding to our fart story, because yes. what happened today? But I was just sitting there, and everything was normal. We were redoing our multiplication unit, and then I just smelled something in the air, and I was like, oh. It's just a small, uh -huh. and then it came at me, 
It came at me so oh, hard. Oh, no, it grew and grew. It grew? Yeah, I had to stand up and pretend to stretch. Oy. Oh, really? Yes. Did you, did you look around the classroom to make eye contact with other people? Like, are you smelling yes. this too? I I have farted in weird places, so I oh. know what position I love to sit in when I fart. Oh. Uh-huh. So it just is silent. I saw the people sitting next to me, and I looked at Harper, and she was sitting on her knees, and I said, that's not a good place to fart. Uh. It would have, like skimmed against your feet so it would have made a loud sound. All right. So, really good sleuthing. Yes. Yeah. And then I looked at Draven mm-hmm. and she was sitting in the crisscross applesauce. And I was like No way. No, you're just yeah. sitting on too much weight. So uh, then that'd be that'd be thunderous. If you farted during crisscross <laughs> yeah. applesauce, it would be like a trumpet in your pants. Um and then I looked at Dylan, and he was sitting, like, he was hugging his knees, technically. I was oh. like, that's not a good place to fart. Also a blast. That'd and be a trumpet. Unless you unless you rolled up a little bit. You're right. You know? Yeah. Imagine pulling your, your knees tight to your chest. Yeah. It would be like. Yeah, like it, <laughs> yeah it would fucking rip. What you're trying to get is, like, your buns as pushed together as possible, mm-hmm. no pressure anywhere in your body so you can let it leak out. You, you, exactly. You don't, you want it to Wait, leak Wait, you guys, out. I have a much, this is fascinating, I have a much different right. tactic for really? a silent fart. Yes, I want the butt cheeks to be <laughs> splayed. spread. Splayed open? Yeah. Oh, so you'll what, do the splits? <laughs> No, I mean, I guess I don't really fart in public anymore. Yeah, if you bent over and spread your butt cheeks and then it smelled a minute later, you might as well have just made a noise. Okay, normally I do this if I'm in like a public bathroom. Oh, okay. So I can use my hands. And you spread oh. your butt cheeks apart physically? Yeah. Oh my God, that's great. Oh, wow. That's wonderful. Was anyone doing that, Lincoln? <laughs> Not that I saw. Mm. And then... I identified for the conference. Okay. okay, and what was, was it a male or a female? It was a female. Okay, mm-hmm. and how Good was... Good for her, I will say. Me too. Yeah. I was afraid you were only going to blame it on a dude because we're gross. But... Um, you are. Yeah, yeah. that's right. I'm the worst. What kind of position was she in? I'm just slowly lifting up my butt. Oh. But her, butt, her butt was like high, so... Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Wow, I'm impressed. You figured it out. Yeah. And then did she ask to go to the bathroom like five minutes after that? No, but then I actually had to pee during that time. So maybe I thought, oh no, did somebody think it was... Were you scared? Yeah. I was like, I I actually had to go to the bathroom before the fart came. Sure. And TJ said, I can't go right now. So wait two minutes. Oh boy. And then the person started just letting it air out. It was like... Load and load and load. Oh, wow. There was this one time where I thought I was gone and I was like, fresh air. And then. New round. Second wave. Mm. Oh. And it was even worse than oh. first. Oh, 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 oh. And I feel like it was another person. This was also a female. She <laughs> she always points out farts on somebody farts and she did not point at that. So. Oh, oh that's. Never a... smelted, dealt it. Oh, but, no, that's the opposite. But. <laughs> 
she was sitting crisscross applesauce. So mm. maybe she lifted up her butt. She might have a different technique like Monica, but yeah. I have to say that's a really good proof if she's always busting people about farting and it's stunk in there like a dead raccoon and she was quiet. Yeah. That's very incriminating. Unless the teacher pulled her aside at one point and said, please don't do that anymore. It's embarrassing for the students. And I, yeah, right. I wish the teacher would do that because mm-hmm. that's Well, mean. you should be embarrassed for farting no, sometimes and stinking up the class. Sure, but we must agree some things are embarrassing in society. Because this is what I think I feel bad for you kids is like you're in your home. Mm -hmm. You've been farting since you were born. Mm -hmm. We don't care at all. We think it's funny. And then we send you to this box that you sit in with other kids. And we haven't even told you it's not cool to fart in public. And you got to learn the hard way, right? Mm -hmm. Like, did did you ever get embarrassed at any point? Like, did, did you rip one at any point that someone busted you? No, nobody caught me. You just knew somehow to keep them on the down down low. No, it got me. Unless I accidentally didn't know it was coming. Yeah, yeah. sure. A surprise went, fart. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sure. That was a good fart noise. That was, that was good. That was, that was, I'm proud of that. I'm, I'm impressed. Okay. I do think maybe it's evolutionary that we know not to do that in front of strangers. We'll get removed from the um, group. Yeah, you'll be exiled. Because of stinkiness. Yeah, it's a good reason. You look like Zazzy today. Zazzy. Oh, thank you. Um, Okay, quick last question. Yes. How frequently do you smell farts in the classroom? Is it every day? There's only been, I don't know, three or four or five farts this month. That's not bad at all. people have been holding them in or just haven't had to fart. Okay. Do you think it correlates to the school lunch? Great theory, like well, whatever hot lunches, like cabbage, kimchi. The weird thing is, a lot of people fart before lunch. Oh, that's so, interesting. I Breakfast farts? Well, Breakfast maybe, farts, maybe they didn't evacuate in the morning. <laughs> oh, yeah. they're not on a good sketch. Who's there? Delta. ID money. <laughs> oh, he fell. Oh, no, my she gosh. Oh, my gosh. She left. Purple hair. We did this beautiful purple hair. Purple it looks hair. so good. Oh, and nice. it matches your sweater. Uh-huh. Oh. You look like a little rock star. You look like a little rat. <laughs> <laughs> um, Delta, did you smell any farts in your class today? Uh, a co- co- coffee thingy called Teddy Bear? Uh, yeah, that's a Starbucks teddy bear, but it has to stay in here because David brought it for the attic. You it's can come okay. up here and play with it. It's also... That's fine. She doesn't have every single stuffy. <laughs> she does. That's from New Zealand, my love. That's from a faraway country, like far seventeen away. hours in an airplane away. But you can come up here and play with it. It'll make you. It'll give you something to look forward to when you come up here. But did anyone fart in your class today, Delta? <laughs> oh, criminy! Now you got chocolates. Yes, those come from New Zealand as well. They're not that. Good, They're not good no, at all. Don't. They're terrible. <laughs> don't tell David. So it's like funny. a skittle, a chocolate skittle. Those sound bad. You, Mikey, oh. likes it? You want to take it? Oh, oh wow. boy. When's the last time you smelt a oh, bad fart? A Friday. Friday. And what happened? I just smelled a toot. Oh, you did? <laughs> when you smell a toot in class, do you say, ew, somebody farted, or do you just keep it to yourself? I just keep it to myself. That's nice. that's nicest. Yes, exactly. Oh. How often do you fart in class? 20 times a day. <laughs> 20 times a day. So it does smell like farts in the classroom, just your farts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah pretty much. Yeah. 
Well, you're making a real name for yourself because you're you got purple hair and you're farting twenty times a day. I think the <laughs> oh, sky's yeah. the limit for you. Wait, what is this? What are we on? We're on television right now. They can see us. We're doing a podcast, and then Lincoln was up here, so we we invited her to chit chat. You know, after the interview is a fact check, so just Monica and I talk. She and Monica bust me on what facts I got wrong. A fart check. This has become a fart check, yeah. But why did it end? Oh, I do have like one Yeah, well, listen, why don't you guys shut up and listen to uh, Monica, and you guys will learn. Oh, wow, so now you're shutting me up. You know, (laughs) this is what boys do, I think, because I was explaining a math problem today, and Mm. Draven didn't get it. And then Dylan said, don't worry, I'll explain it. And I said, excuse me, this is my problem. I can explain it. Oh, there you go. I'm Mm -hmm. proud of you for doing that. Yeah. You can explain it. Mm-hmm. You're capable. Boys are the worst. That's why you guys don't want... No one wants to sleep with yes, dad. Yes, no one no wants one to snuggle daddy. No one absolutely wants yeah. to sleep with dad. Because of the farts? No. No, those are bad also. But I feel so bad for dad. He has to sleep with his stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they... No one wants to sleep with me at night. They would fight to sleep with mom. And I said, you guys, how do you think I feel? I always have to sleep with daddy. <laughs> Let's just be practical about it. What about sleeping with mommy is better? Mommy, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) She's just not daddy, which is enough. Lincoln, you were so little. Three, maybe, or four. And and I was carrying you, and you... You said Did I poop that my pants? no. Well, sure, I cleaned up lots of your poop, but I was carrying you, and you said something like, "I don't, I can't hold you like a mom holds oh, you," and no. I was so oh, sad. No. But it was also the truth. Oh, I know these kids are heartbreakers. <laughs> this is very recent. Well, not very recent. This was when we were in the old house, and I was in the bathtub. I didn't know why, but this fart just came up and said hello, hey. and. I turned around to grab the shampoo, and I found that I pooped in the bathtub. Uh, <laughs> okay, yeah, that'll these, happen. These things happen from time to time. Uh, Lincoln, did you name your poop? <laughs> <laughs> you had a baby. <laughs> <laughs> a poop baby. We have a pee baby. Monica and I have we a pee do. baby, so why not have a poop baby? Yeah, that's right. Wait, what's a pee baby? A pee baby is I peed in a toilet, and there's no flush, and then daddy had to pee, so he peed, so then the, our peas were in the same toilet and never flushed, so they turned into a baby. We said it turned into a pee baby. <laughs> Lives at my house. It's probably still, still there. there. Just getting out of kindergarten at this point, I think. <laughs> Can I tell the one story about you, Delta? Yeah. I ready? I love this story. I was putting you guys to bed. Delta, you were probably three, and you said, oh, I got to poop. I said, okay. You went in and you took a poop, and it was the size of a moose's poop. Like, I thought a moose had pooped in the toilet. And I said, oh, my God, honey, when's the last time you pooped? And you're like, I couldn't, re- I don't remember. That was the biggest poop you'd ever taken. So then I put you in your diaper, and then I put you in bed, and I put Lincoln in bed, and we read a book, and we snuggle. And then I go outside, I shut the door, and I just turned on the TV, and all of a sudden I heard, Daddy! I farted. <laughs> it's diarrhea. <laughs> and then I went in there. I thought, how could you have possibly just had diarrhea? You just uh, you just had an entire evac. I went in there. I picked you up. Your diaper was completely ruined. Oh, no. I took you into the bathroom, if you remember, and you had poop on your back. 
in your you butt crack. Full blowout. Full blowout. And I was like, where did all this oh, come yeah, from? Great. Daddy, Daddy, I Okay, last thing I'm, this is the last time you're going to get to talk, Delta. Okay. Will you do your song? Okay. <laughs> she just learned this. Do you want to do it one more time? That's my favorite new thing in the whole world. <laughs> she did that 1,100 times this morning before school. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, where'd you learn that? That's what um, mommy does that. Oh, wow. <gasps> oh, thanks, I love you. Thanks, D Money. Oh, my God. All right, now you guys have to be quiet You're so welcome. we can do our business. Wow. We got a great fart story and we got a great deed all deed do. Yeah. Oh, that now, was great. Yeah, let's hear the fact. They got to see how the sausage is made. Okay, we have one fact left. The fact is, oh, and actually, this is relevant. Lincoln loves F1. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, everybody. Um, I'm on Monica. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the fact is about how many employees work on the Mercedes team. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Good. More than 950 employees. An F1 team, but this isn't specific to Mercedes, but an F1 team directly involves between 300 and 1,200 people, depending on whether it's at the front or back of the grid and how much in-house manufacturing it does and whether it produces an engine or buys one in. Yeah. Um, And then how many people work at Mercedes? More than 700 employees work 24 hours a day. Oh, wow. That's confusing because that would have to be 1,400 It makes me wonder if they're talking about Merce, even though the thing is no, how Mercedes many. Mercedes has a million employees. Right. Okay. Yeah, then, yeah, 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 it is saying that. And then the other one said 950. <laughs> More than 24 hours a day, seven <laughs> days a week on the Brackley site. Oh. Daddy, do you think my D-Daddy Dodo is better than Mommy's D-Daddy Dodo? Oh, boy. This is, this is the tough question. <laughs> Mommy's is technically better because she's got control of her instrument. Yours is 20 times more entertaining. So how do we know? How would I decide? Wait, what do you mean? Like, Mommy's sounds identical to the actual Jib Jab song, right? Because she's a mimic. And yours so cute. is yours. And mm-hmm. it's incredible. So I'm, I would say I would rather hear yours than Mommy's. And I, I'm, I, think I got a hunch I'm gonna tonight. Do it one more time for a goodbye. For a goodbye? Yes. Is there anything you want to say before we go? Farting in public should be weird. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. Good mm-hmm. to end on. And then we're going to go out with a song. This is not an original. This is a cover <laughs> song from the artist formerly known as Delta. Beautiful. You did it. You look like a chipmunk when you do it. All right, I love you guys. I love love you. you. Love you, love you, love you. This episode is brought to you by Jinx, the superfood-powered dog kibble everyone's been talking about. See the results for yourself and try their one-month transformation. Within the first few weeks, you'll see how Jinx can help with your dog's energy, mood, and even digestion. And it's all thanks to the high-quality ingredients they use, like organic chicken, Atlantic salmon, and grass-fed beef. 
Try the one-month transformation today. Find Jinx in your local Walmart.